Qu'est-ce qui t'empêche de me tuer hein La sanction doit être plus sévère. Il reviendra, vous croyez J'en sais rien. Pourquoi tu as filé À cause de Ben Tu devrais le craindre autant que moi. Je ne vous enterrerai pas. J'ai déjà enterré assez de membres de la famille Wayne. Ces gens-là ont beau réclamer, tu ne leur dois plus rien. Tu leur as déjà tout donné. Pas tout, justement. Ma mère m'a dit de ne pas monter dans la voiture d'un étranger. Ce n'est pas une voiture. Hey everyone. Oh. <laughs> oh, I can't even start this thing. Ugh. Okay. Hey everybody, it's uh, another Bat Fans podcast. This is episode number 28. Right, Tim? You got it. I didn't have to say anything. This oh, finally. Finally, I got one right. It's been two weeks, Tim. You're uh, two for 26 in episode number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, thank you for uh, boosting my ego there, Tim. No problem. Glad <laughs> um, This is, yeah, of course, the, 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 the Batfans podcast brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, the most or the least listened to Batman Universe podcast on the Batman Universe. And um, my name is Dane. Oh, see, you always interrupt me when I'm introducing myself, Tim. What is your problem? It's a bad habit I have. <laughs> oh, it's my just God. a reflex. I know you're going to say your name, but I just have to get something in there before. <laughs> what were you saying, Tim? <laughs> I was just going to say it's an honor to have that title of uh, the least listened to podcast. <laughs> we worked so hard to get that title. <laughs> yes. Um, do you want to prepare a speech, Tim? We can take a break right here if you want. There's just so many people to think that I I don't think I could say it all in time for a podcast. Uh, well, first off, you got to thank Dustin for uh, letting us host our podcast on his site. <laughs> and of course, get... to everyone that does listen, a big thank you. We couldn't have had that title without you. But most of all, we got to thank Alex for... for Sending us emails and stuff. Yes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, we also have Tim with us. Tim, Tim, how's it going? I am doing good. I have to say, this has been a good week yeah. for DC fans, as we'll get into. But not just Batman fans, but if you're a DC fan in general, pretty good week. So, so what if you're just a Batman fan, then what? Well, you had uh, one good thing with uh, Injustice Gods Among Us coming out where Batman is in it. So you have that. Yeah, but he looks kind of weird, doesn't he? Yeah, I will give you that. That his costumes in the game is probably not yeah. my favorite. But thankfully, there's yeah. enough uh, skins out there that you can unlock. Oh, you can change it. Yeah, 
Right now, it's kind of hard because there's a Batman Beyond costume in there. It's kind of a pain to unlock it, though, but when you do, it's, it's worth it. It looks really cool. Right, right. Um, but before we get to Injustice and everything else we're going to talk about, Tim, I guess I got a question for you. Yes. It's not a Star Wars question. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I like um, those type of questions. You know, I was thinking, um, let's say you had a time machine, okay, Tim? Okay. And let's say you flash back all the way to, like, 2010. Okay. Oh, that far or, back, wow. Or, or no, so, sorry, like, two, 2011. Okay. January of two, 2011. And let's say that you committed a murder. You committed a murder somehow, whatever the reason. And then before you could get caught, you came back to the current day. Would you still be accused of murder? Yeah, def- most definitely, yes. No. <laughs> it, it would take him longer to find you. It would be two years of an unsolved case, but then you show up again. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And plus, you're huh. still in existence. Those other, between 2011 and 2013, your other self should still be during that time. It's not like you jump from 2011 to 2013 and you're just not in existence for the next two years. Yeah, exactly. So so they would catch the other version of you because time branched off, right? Uh, we're getting to a big old time paradox here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. But you know, there's this a, is an important question. There's a lot of different like time travel theories out there. Like There's the one where... Let's say you can go back in time and you affect one time period and that branches off right. another timeline, but then there's a, the other timeline that's still normal. <laughs> or yeah. you can go back in time and change everything where there's no there's no two different timelines. There's just one main timeline, but it gets changed and everything. Like if you committed the murder back in 2011 and you flashed to 2013, your old self, I mean, time would still go on in the context of you going back to, oh, God, never mind. <laughs> Uh, no, but like t- time would still go on, right? Yeah. Back in the 2011, so they would catch the old, the 2011 version of you, while the, the 2013 version of you wouldn't get caught, right? Or would you get caught? Because that's a different timeline. Yeah, see, that's the, depends on what theory you want to go with. <laughs> it, uh, I always like the time travel stories where uh, you go back in time and it uh, affects the future or it changes things instead of branching off into two separate timelines. I always like the one timeline where things change. Kind of like the, I guess, the Back to the Future way. <laughs> <laughs> so you pretty much just like Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the question regarding time travel. If it was possible, would you like it to be where you go back in time and you're able to run into your old self or would you prefer the way where you go back in time, but you're reliving your life again, where you won't run into yourself. You're just living the life you did, whatever time, how far you go back to. Probably the second one, because you know, if I ran into myself as a little kid uh-huh. and I wore some dumb clothes, <laughs> I've seen some pictures of me. Uh-huh. Like I have a bright fluorescent shirt on and freaking purple jeans. Uh, you would be both. I would wear these, like, big t-shirts as a kid, like, these shorts where the shirt would cover the shorts, where it doesn't look like I wore any pants. Oh, yeah, so, so we go back in time and uh, make sure we dress a lot better. That, that'd be our main yeah. <laughs> I'd probably, I'd probably slap my little self and be like, you know what? You just wear a regular t-shirt and a regular pair of jeans. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. Just can't go wrong with that. But um, anyway, <laughs> that's our time travel segment, <laughs> our new segment on the Bad Fans podcast. Uh, 
But, uh, Tim, you, you had a future topic. Why don't you tell the, peop- the good people about it? Yeah, so this is probably not going to be so much Batman-related, but it's still in the DC universe, so might as well still talk about it. But the new Man of Steel trailer came out this weekend, and it's probably going to be the last one we get till the movie came out. And to me, I thought it was awesome, and I wanted to talk about it because <laughs> it looks phenomenal. And I kind of wanted to hear, get your thoughts on it, Dan, because I know talking to you, Previously, you're not the biggest Superman fan, but you were impressed with this trailer. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a Superman fan in the sense that I'm a bandwagon fan. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I figure I'd, I'd just be honest about it. Hey, whatever gets you into it and you stay into it, that's all that matters to me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty much like the people that, um, you know, the the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises came out and they. Um, it picked up a couple comics and stuff. Um, not super hardcore into it, like I am Batman or Star Wars or whatever, but um, as for this movie, I, I have to say that I just love where they're going with it. I mean, from, from what we've seen, I yeah. just like where they're going with it. I mean, just reading the small little synopsis on, you know, that was released by WB, you know, where Carl, uh, Carl sorry, uh, Clark feels like an outsider, and it, it looks like they're. It's gonna be. I mean, it, it's gonna be down to earth. <laughs> Do you get the sense because with, with Nolan being involved in everything, yeah. that I think it's gonna be the Batman Begins for Superman, but without being Batman Begins. You know what I'm saying? Like it's gonna have that same feel to it, but it's not gonna be like, oh, they're just retreading what they did in Batman Begins. It's gonna have its own unique feel. Yeah. But it's gonna feel yeah, like a and, great. And the thing is, you know. Clark, it, it says Clark is going to go and find himself, you know, because he, he is an outsider and he feels disconnected from humans. And, you know, that's an idea I can really get behind. And it's an idea that, I mean, I'm not sure about Superman comics or the other Superman movies, but that's what has me most interested. Yeah, and I also like, too, how, I mean, there has been other stories that did this where he doesn't just become, like, the teenager Clark can't move to Metropolis and become Superman. He's, like, out traveling, not sure what he's going to do with himself, with these powers. Like at the yeah, trailer show, yeah, he's showing me the fisherman. He's helping yeah, fisherman. people there when a disaster happens. So it's like, he's just not sure what to do. <laughs> so I can't wait to find out what's the thing that makes him, like, embrace his Kryptonian heritage and become Superman and the protector of Metropolis. So I just can't wait to find all that out. Yeah, and I can't wait to see Zod. <laughs> yeah, how cool is that, uh viral uh, video they put out like a few days before the trailer. That was creepy, yeah. man. <laughs> it was all distorted. It was like, Superman, you're not safe or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking to myself, like, how cool would that have been for like when the Dark Knight came out? They did something like that with the Joker. Just like a, kind of what he did in the movie with that uh, camera where he had that fake Batman as a hostage. Just send some creepy video out with these <laughs> legend. That would have been awesome. But yeah, I thought it was great marketing. Yeah, that was great. And um, another thing I can't, I mean, I want, I really want to see is Clark and Pa Kent's relationship. Yeah, that looks really great. Because, yeah, it seems like that's kind of what they're hinging on, just from what we, we've seen in the trailer. Yeah. One thing I'm hoping for, too, in this movie is that um, he doesn't die before he becomes Superman. Because it seems like every, of course, the Christopher Reed movies, he dies and that, and then in uh, the comics now, uh, both his parents are dead. It seems like the only version that I remember really is the animated series with Superman where both uh, his parents were alive when he's Superman. I kind of like that take on it because it's kind of like a parallel to how uh, Bruce's life is. Bruce's parents are dead, but Superman's parents are still alive and they kind of have that opposite uh, 
background <laughs> that they have with each other. But at the same time, it works for their relationship because they're so opposite, but they respect each other. And maybe Batman kind of looks to Superman, not in a jealous way, but kind of wishing that or glad for him that he has both his parents and something he wishes that he has. I just like that idea of Superman's parents being alive while he's a hero. So I don't know if they're going to go that route in this movie, but it's something I would like to see, hopefully. Yeah, me too. I hope so. And, um, you know, I can't wait to see Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that opening shot, though, of the trailer where you just see uh, oh, yeah. Krypton yeah, was... getting attacked? That's another thing. I wonder if they're going to Was change... he getting attacked, though? It looked like it. Like there was a bunch of ships surrounding it, like, causing destruction. So I wonder if they're going to change it a bit where it gets destroyed by a war, maybe Zod attacks, and it's not just the planet that blows up on its own. So that's another thing yeah. I'm wondering, is how Krypton is actually going to be destroyed. Yeah. And then she's... When I was watching the trailer for the first time, they were showing a lot of stuff we saw already from the previous two trailers, which has kind of got me thinking, uh, I hope it gets going a little bit more. We see some new footage of Superman in action, but thankfully it was a three-minute trailer, so it left plenty of time <laughs> during the last minute to get some really cool action sequences in there, which all the Superman movies uh, since Superman 2 I've been missing. <laughs> I mean, especially Superman Returns, but <laughs> we'll not go into that. You didn't like that one scene where Superman gets shot in the eye? <laughs> that was cool, but like we said, that's it. That's the most action he did against anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of the time he was just hovering over Lois Lane's house, <laughs> watching her family. <laughs> the, the plane sequence was cool, that shooting sequence was cool, but then the climactic end sequence was just so lackluster. I mean, him lifting that kryptonite island or yeah kryptonite island and then there's that one other cool sequence where he stops some glass falling on people with his eye beams but that's about it it was just like the most anticlimactic yeah. final sequence in a movie is probably superman returns yeah yeah that that's kind of what i didn't like about superman returns is the kryptonite island with uh with lex and that other chick yeah this uh so boring that whole sequence like I, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm glad I'm I'm not the only one that thinks that 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 whole scene was kind of boring. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I felt that Superman Returns just went on for like way too long. Yeah, I haven't. They kind of didn't do anything with it. Yeah, like, I haven't seen it in a while of time, and I'm not someone who absolutely hates that movie. It's just yeah. there's things I could have been so much better with it. I just think the biggest problem was having it set in the Christopher Reeves continuity. That was the mistake, number one. They're just continuing on that story. And certain things didn't make sense. But yeah. yeah. And I have to say, Brandon Ralph, he's kind of deadpanning it through that movie. Actually, I thought his performance was good. I thought he actually made a better really? Clark, Clark Kent than he did Superman. But yeah. he, he wasn't the problem for me, just the whole story surrounding the movie. How do you feel about, uh, I mean, from the little we've seen, um, how do you feel about the... Amy Adams, Lois. Yeah, so far, I mean, this is the first time we actually heard her have interaction with Superman, or even heard her dialogue. This, there was a certain part where she was monitoring her voice. Yeah. <laughs> but I think she's going to be good. I mean, of course, there's already been complaints right when she got cast saying, oh, she doesn't have the black or brunette hair, so she's not going to be a good Lois Lane. <laughs> but, like, that's probably the least thing to be concerned about. I mean, she's a great actress, and, and that one line where she, she was talking to Superman in that interrogation room, so like they have kind of a good connection there, like chemistry they have with each other. So I think she's going to be good. Yeah. I just like that line, too, where uh, she says, what does the S stand for? Is all, it's not an S. Where I come from, it means hope. But like That was really cool. I don't think they would go there in a Superman movie where they actually acknowledge that it's not an S, and that's not why he's called Superman. 
I mean, she gives them the name because of that, but he didn't do that intentionally. Yeah. yeah, and um, I mean, of course, there's that poster where uh, Superman is in handcuffs with, with all those military guys behind him. And uh, I think there's even that scene in the second or first trailer of something, of him getting arrested or something. Yeah. Where do you think that's going? I mean, what do you think is up with that? I think it's probably got something to do with that uh, viral video of Zod kind of calling uh, Superman out and telling the the world to give him up or we're going to destroy it. I'm thinking maybe Superman probably offers himself up to get taken into custody maybe to turn himself over to Zod or something around in that regards. Something to save the planet where he's giving himself up. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what I'm really hoping is that, you, you know, we were talking about um, how this Clark is more down to earth and, you know, there's a relationship with his father, Clark trying to find himself, all those things, right? Uh-huh. Um, I just hope they transition that stuff into, you know, Superman fighting Zod and all of his people good or well. Yeah. I just hope it's not just... Okay, he's going out, he's finding himself, he found himself, he's Superman, and then he goes and finds, or, or fights Zod. Yeah, I think it's going to blend real good. Yeah, I mean, it should. <laughs> the action sequences we've seen, so, this is what I like about it, the action sequences look really cool from the quick glimpses we got. I mean, they're like half-second shots of, of Superman in action where he's actually punching Zod or punching somebody out, out while he's flying, which looks cool, but... I know there's still so much that they haven't shown yet that I just can't wait to see because they're just showing small glimpses of what this uh, action sequence is going to take place and how it's going to play out and just everything Superman's going to do, but I just can't wait. <laughs> I just really think it's going to be the Superman movie fans have been waiting for us. It's probably Superman 2. Yeah, we could probably expect not seeing Superman for the first hour of the movie, right? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that. That's probably the one thing where it's going to be compare a lot to Batman Begins, where it'll mainly be Clark for the first hour of the movie. Which is really good. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not just in-your-face, kind of that 89 Batman kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Although that wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I kind of, as I was watching it, got maybe a little disappointed. I was like, man, this looks so good. And then just recently, we kind of, when we talked about last time, that the story of Christopher Nolan being involved with the DC movies and Justice League and Christian Bale coming back. It just made me really want to see the Christian Bale Batman with Henry Cavill's Superman team. <laughs> That's like the one thing that got me like, oh, that would have been so awesome because the Superman yeah, I mean, looks so cool. Yeah, I mean, everybody says that, and it would be cool to see that, but I don't know. Just judging off of the Man of Steel trailer and everything I've seen in, in all three of the, the Dark Knight trilogy, it seems like two vastly different universes, to be honest. I mean, the, they're, they're both kind of uh, the same, except it's, you know, different, but um, they, they just seem like two separate things that wouldn't really mesh together really well. I actually have the opposite opinion of that. For me, I know everyone usually says that no one created this realistic world where there's no other superheroes in there besides Batman, but I never really took it that way. I always thought, okay, that's fine, that's how he wants it, but if they wanted to, I could. I never thought, oh, this no way is like a Superman could exist in this world. I think that it is possible. Right. I never got that vibe from any of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. I mean, but even yeah. like at the tone of uh, Man of Steel, I can see them kind of working together in the same universe. You know what it kind of feels like? It kind of feels like if, I mean, we we were just talking about this, Tim, but um, it, it kind of feels like if Disney made a Marvel slash DC movie, I mean, a Marvel slash Star Wars movie. Yeah, see, no, that's, that's a whole other extreme of something that really? would work, yeah. They just seem different, and because the, the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy is pretty much just a man 
you know, putting on a costume, putting on protective armor pretty much, and going on and fighting these people, these criminals. But, like, you bring in the Superman element, and it takes it to a whole new extreme in the sense that you're dealing with aliens, you're dealing with, you know, um, an alien enemy, and, you know, just a superhuman. Uh, I I don't think that that would fit into um, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. To me, that's this... Batman in general, comics, animated series, whatever, he's like that where it's just a man dressing up in a suit fighting crime in the city. But yet, in the animated series and the comics, he still is able to team up with the Justice League, have interactions with Superman. And I, for me, I buy all that. I don't, it doesn't take me out of it where, oh, there's, just, there's no way aliens can exist in Batman's world. And I kind yeah. of feel the same thing with Nolan's movies. It's telling the Batman story, and it does a great job of it. But if they wanted to... They wanted to bring Superman or Alien into it. I could totally buy into it. If they handle it right, that's another thing. But I think it's totally possible where it can work. Because that's just, for me anyway, the version of Batman that I like. Is that, yeah, he has his own thing where it's all kind of down-to-earth with real, realism. But at the same time, he is able to go out and like, do things with Superman and fight alien invasions. So, to me, it works. At least that's the Batman version that I like. <laughs> yeah, but if, I mean, if you look at the animated series, you look at the comics, those are still kind of fantasy. But if you look at the Christopher Nolan movies, they're more realistic. You know, they are. They're, they're, they're more like the current day. Yeah, they are, but at the same time, I can buy it where, yeah, it is all realistic. No one has any knowledge of that aliens exist, and all of a sudden Superman shows up, especially the Henry Cavill and a seal Superman. He shows up, and just the tone of how that world looks in the trailers we're seeing, I can definitely see it working in the same universe if they wanted to. But to me, this, it just doesn't feel that so far out there that it would. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm alone in that, but I'm sure that everyone has their own opinions as far as if that would work or not, but for me, I... No, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's on your side. I think it's more towards the other way because there's a lot of people yeah. that just love how Nolan's movie is just Batman and that's it. It's more set in realism. There's no mention of any other heroes and they really like that version, but... To me, right. I think you, you can have the best of both worlds if you wanted to. But um, another thing that was kind of interesting about at least what I think is going to happen because there's another rumor going around that uh, regarding Justice League seems like every month there's a new Justice League rumor. <laughs> but now that they're saying that maybe David Goyer is going to be the one to helm the movie, it just kind of seems that if Warner Brothers couldn't get Christopher Nolan to be that person to oversee all their movies, David Goyer is next because... Let's, let's be honest, he did everything with the Dark Knight trilogy. Now he's doing Man of Steel. Who else really is there, if not no one, to guide the DC movies and to have them all work in the same universe? It'd be him. And I guess we'll wait to see how Man of Steel actually does and how it is, but I think if they do go with him, that'd be a smart choice, because after Nolan, he's the one who's had his hands in two of their successful franchises if Man of Steel lives up to his potential. Mm, David Goyer. <laughs> I, uh, I've never seen him. I know he directed, what, Blade Three was it? One of the yeah, movies. Yeah, he did. Which I heard wasn't good, but... Yeah, I think it's considered the worst of the three. <laughs> but just going I'm not back, sure about that. His but... recent track record, I think he'd be uh, probably the best choice for Justice League if they want to do the shared universe starting with Man of Steel. I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if he wants to take like a executive producer role mm. on the movie, then yeah. Well, yeah, I could get behind that. And if they got a, a different, you know, a different writer and a different d- director or a director-writer, then um, 
Well, here's I guess I should say I would want him involved in the writing yeah. aspects, and that's what he does such a great job with with uh, the Dark Knight trilogy and Man of Steel, hopefully. So, yeah, yeah, in the sense of a uh, story concept, kind of yeah. like what he did with um, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. yeah so since I've never yeah. seen a, one of his movies to direct, I can't necessarily say that it would be a choice. <laughs> I'm just basing it off his writing skills. So. <laughs> I, I guess I should say I hope that he is involved with it in some way. Yeah, and he is a comic book fan. Yeah. So. But, I mean, that's the thing, too, because, I mean, I'm just not sure about how directors that are comic book fans that get a franchise that they like fare in mm. in the comic book movie world. Yeah, but are you, I'm kind of expecting, like, small hints of uh, planted seeds of other DC superheroes and Man of Steel. Like, he was kind of coy about it, but David Goy said, kind of look out for things where you can see connections yeah. to other superheroes. So I'm wondering if they're going to throw in, like, other city names like Central City or uh, Coast City or maybe throw a name like Barry Allen or like some superheroes alter ego <laughs> just to plant them in there. I doubt we'll get like a Gotham City or a Bruce Wayne or anything, but they said to keep that. man. Yeah, there you go. Hey, <laughs> What's uh, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just know it's O'Brien, something O'Brien. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it would be the perfect... Uh, opportunity to introduce that kind of thing. I don't see how else they could introduce it unless they're going to make it um, make, you know, let's say they're making a Wonder Woman movie. Unless they make the Wonder Woman movie its own thing, like like the Dark Knight trilogy is its own thing. Um, To me, they can't do that anymore. They want to compete with Marvel no more with these own universe things. They all have to be connected now. And they kind of hinted at that already, saying Man of Steel is a first in what hopefully will be the DC movie universe. Hopefully. <laughs> That's, I stress hopefully. <laughs> um, but I, as much as I want to hear all of those references to, you know, Barry Allen or Molly West or <laughs> Plastic Man <laughs> or Wonder Woman, um, I, I kind of don't want that. But, but I mean, that, that's just me. Yeah, they have because to do I want, it. I, I want this, you know, I mean, if they're bringing Superman back to his, his basics and they're, they're making this grounded Superman, I want it to be his own thing first. Kind of like how Bruce Wayne was his own thing for however long. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing some of that stuff, but just be coy about it. Don't, like, have it thrown in your face, kind of like how Iron Man 2 was with the Avengers, where they had all these references, like, pretty much the middle of the movie was, make sure you see Iron or the Avengers two years from now. But uh, yeah. just have, like, small little hints in there that only, like, the hardcore fans would pick up on. That's just all I'm asking for for this, or it would be cool to see. So so what if they pull off the uh, Superman Returns thing, where it's like, uh, what was it, like, oh, something, 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 Gotham City. Yeah, see, I thought that was cool. They just oh, said, you did? Yeah, because uh, there was news reports, and then one of the news reporters said, she mentioned Gotham, so, like, something happened in Gotham City. I thought that was really cool. Like, uh, like I, mean, that. I, I just felt that they just threw that in there, just to throw that in there, just to, you know, make like they knew yeah. what Gotham City was and they were connected. They like probably that. did just throw it in there, but to me, if you're going to throw another city to report on, why not pick Gotham City or another DC Universe city instead of just saying a realistic city? Say something that the fans will get a kick out of. But to me, there's nothing wrong with that or nothing that will distract be distracting from the overall main focus of Superman. So what would you do if, uh, you know, Man of Steel comes out, you go and see it, and then uh, there's a newspaper reporter going, oh, so, so what do you think about all those things going on at the X-Men Academy or whatever? <laughs> 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 what, would you, what would you do? 
Uh, <laughs> I say I'll let you know back in the next year when X Men Days of the Future Past comes out. <laughs> uh, so, so right now, would you say Man of Steel's opening day CPU? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> probably a midnight show. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would. Pro- I would go go to a midnight screening of that. Definitely. I don't think they'll do a marathon like have show Superman Returns before Man of Steel. <laughs> before I can do it. <laughs> no, they're gonna start with the Christopher Reeve Superman, right. and they're gonna just show Superman three and four, and then Man of Steel. <laughs> After you see those, you're gonna think it's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> or even better, go back to the. Um, uh, George Reeves, <laughs> <laughs> where he's all fat because he's beer gut. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just really hoping it's successful. <laughs> Otherwise, it's gonna be just nothing but Batman movies and no DC <laughs> movie universe. Which again, nothing wrong with more Batman movies, but it's just gonna be a shame if that's the only character we'll ever see movies of for DC when Marvel's putting out. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies with Rocket Raccoon and there's no Flash or Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope it's it's a success because Batman movies are good. They, they'll always be good. Um, I mean, unless Joe Schumacher jumps on again. <laughs> His triumphant <laughs> comeback. His triumphant comeback. Uh, Batman the Musical, maybe? <laughs> because he did that Phantom of the Opera one. Yeah, that's true. And that was supposedly... Good, <laughs> um, but you know. With that said, I would really like to see you know a good Flash movie or a good a good Wonder Woman movie, especially a good Wonder Woman movie because I mean it's been hinted at for so long. You know, with, with the TV shows, and, you know, I think there was even talk about the movie. Yeah, there's always been talk about the movie for like years now. Yeah, and it's the same thing with the Flash movie. I, I think. Uh, was it Jeff Johns that wrote a treatment for it? Yep. It was him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been hinted at for so long and it's been rumored for so long that, you know, I just hope that Man of Steel is the incentive for Warner Brothers to, to put these movies into production at some point, you know? Yep. I think that's and, a- and not just focus on this Justice League movie that's, you know, it's going to come out as people are going to be comparing it to the Avengers, which I feel is the wrong move for, for DC at this point. Yeah, I mean... I. I just really want to see these characters brought to life on the big screen. I mean, because Marvel's getting all theirs out, and they're cool characters, but for me personally, being more of a DC guy, I just really want to see characters like Flash, Wonder Woman, and then Martian Manhunter, Green Lantern again. It's all of them on the big screen again in good movies like what Marvel's doing, because they're just great characters, and it just, to me, seems like a waste that Warner Brothers isn't doing anything with them. So, yeah, hopefully Man of Steel is the launching point in that it's successful enough for DC not to be scared and hold off on doing any more of those superhero. Yeah. So so what happens when uh, Man of Steel comes out and both you and I and the rest of the Superman fans and DC fans overall are wrong in saying that it's good and it's absolutely terrible and it makes no money. Oh, <laughs> what happens after that? I mean, well, like I said, we're going to get nothing but Batman movies from DC and Warner Brothers. That's it. Yeah, you're probably right. But, but that's not such a bad thing, right? <laughs> no, yeah, like we said, I'm not going to complain about Batman movies, but at the same time, 
there's these great characters that need to be represented in good movies. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking about recently? What? How underrated Mask of the Phantasm is. For the mainstream audience in Batman movies, definitely. It's it's still yeah. personally my favorite. But I think when you talk to like comic fans and fans of the animated series, you won't find too many people who think it's underrated because it's highly regarded amongst all the fans. But yeah, oh yeah, you're right. That movie is so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad I actually had the chance to see it in the theater because it wasn't playing that for that much long after it came out. It was like mainly matinee showings too. But yeah, I mean, wasn't it in theaters for like two weeks or something? Something like that. It came out Christmas Day, and if anything, it probably just made it so a little bit beginning of the new year in January. Yeah, isn't it considered a box office bomb? Not, not a bomb, I mean, because it wasn't expected to do too much, because it got, first it was originally going to be a, just a video release, then they yeah. bumped it up to a theatrical release at the last minute, so I don't think they were expecting it to do, like, gangbusters or anything, but... I wonder why they did that. <laughs> I think just the series became was so popular, they probably figured it, it would do enough in the theater. But it made all its money back in the home video sales, though. It really cleaned up. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> um, like, that's something I wish I can... Speaking of going back in time, <laughs> go back in time to see that. See if Batman, the animated series, on the big screen is just... would be an awesome experience. Uh, something awesome to experience again. Yeah. And did you see 89 um, in the theater? No, I actually wasn't allowed to see it. <laughs> oh. I had to wait for it to come out in video so my parents could screen it first and then got to go to watch it. Because I was like, I was six when it came out. How <laughs> me and parents didn't go to the theater and be like, okay, uh, you know what, Tim can watch this. You know, he's old enough. It's not that bad. But they probably really didn't want to see it. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. The, the way I saw it, the way I got my Batman fix when I came out was collecting the trading cards. Because it pretty yeah. much showed every main scene from the movie. And I would just keep looking at those cards, looking at that, car, looking at those cards, and saying, <laughs> "I really want to see this." <laughs> How long is it? Was it until you seen it? Because I remember back in those days, it took a while for big hit movies to come out on videos. I was thinking probably yeah. close to a year, I would say. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And I just remember seeing commercials. I tried to watch just see commercials of it. <laughs> the, uh, like uh, Siskel and Ebert at that time where they would show me yeah. of it. Like, uh, I do remember one time we went to see another movie. I don't remember what, but uh, I was able to peek in the theater for Batman. It was when, right when uh, Joker thought to fall into the chemicals. <laughs> then I, didn't, right. I had to go back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, I, I really wanted to go see that Street Fighter movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a little kid, right? Uh, and uh, my my parents wouldn't let me see it, and so they just wanted to save you from its stupidity. Yeah, I should have been thanking yeah. them. So. No, but um, uh, I remember we went to go see another movie. I can't remember what it was, but um, I would make like I had to go use the bathroom, uh-huh. and so me and my cousin would go to the bathroom, and then uh. For some reason, touch the door and they go straight into the the movie theater showing Street Fighter, <laughs> and just stand there for like two minutes just to catch the, that part of the movie, and then run back into the other theater to to make, to make sure our parents <laughs> didn't catch on to us. <laughs> I'm uh, sure you loved what you a little bit that you saw though. Oh man, I thought that was the coolest coolest movie ever. 
Uh, I will say it's it's, it, it is my favorite uh, bad movie there is. There's so many <laughs> horrible lines in that movie. That's just classic. Van Damme, best performance ever. <laughs> What about the uh, the Mortal Kombat movie? I never saw those. So. <laughs> I doubt they're as good as Street Fighter. They're making another one. You know, the the first two were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, enough talking about terrible movies that we tried to sneak in and see as a kid. <laughs> hey, well, I stuck into a good movie, Batman. Oh, uh, yeah. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, um, Tim, you played the Injustice Gods Among Us video game. Um, it didn't really interest me. F- fighting games don't really interest me at all. Um, but yet you were interested but, in the Street Fighter movie. Yeah, I was interested in that movie. <laughs> so, you know why? It's probably because I just played Street Fighter 2, I think it was. The, uh, the old Street Fighter 2? The classic? I think so. Four is the most recent one. I played one of the um, one of the Street Fighters, and I thought, um, oh, what's his name? The, the guy with the claws. Vega. I thought Vega was the coolest thing ever <laughs> that I've ever seen in my entire life up to that point. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a cool mask. Yeah, he does, even though it's kind of like a generic hockey mask, right? So was he the one you really wanted to see in the movie? Yeah, he's the one that, that I really wanted to see, and um, the guy that looks like Beast from X-Men. Oh, Blanca? Yeah, Blanca. Yeah, him. Because <laughs> in the but, movie, uh, while well, he's in jail, Vega makes a wooden claw to fight with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me about that, Tim. <laughs> so there's a lot of classic moments in that movie. <laughs> you know, we should ask Dustin. Um, like, Dustin, you know... Uh, Street Fighter. The Street Fighter movie is is one of our favorite bad movies. I was wondering if we could review it. I mean, uh, do a commentary for it out of the, the Batman universe. Well, I would love that. <laughs> you probably kick us off for that. Probably the movie's yeah. terrible. It was actually uh, worse than Batman and Robin. No. Actually, it's not. It's Street Fighter is better than Batman and Robin. Wow. Well, Batman and Robin is really low on your totem pole, then. It's at the very bottom. <laughs> but, um, I mean, at least at least uh, Christopher Nolan doesn't try, have to try that hard, right? You could only go up from there, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it could have just been, okay, it's good, better than Batman and Robin, but still not the Batman movie oh, we're yeah, waiting for. So, but he was able to do that, so... Yeah. I think he's still good at pressure. But um, Injustice God Among Us. God's amongst us, Tim. <laughs> not Among Us. I'm not pretty sure it is Among Us. But, God's but, Among Us? I'm looking at the box art right us. now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, get it. God's Among Us. God's Among Us. Okay. Among Us. Among Us. The sequel is going to be Amongst Us. Yeah, they should. Just to be cool that they know English. <laughs> Um, but, but what did you think about the game? Yeah, I love the game. I mean, like I said, it's the second best thing to come out this week as far as DC goes. We got the Man of Steel trailer and we got this game. And it, pretty much everything I was hoping it would be. I'm someone, I'm a big fighting game fan. I like Street Fighter, Tekken, and all those type games. But the one series I never really got into was Mortal Kombat, which is what the developers of Mortal Kombat made in Justice. So it was kind of, 
kind of worried, like, it's probably not going to be as good as uh, other fighting games I like, but even though the fighting mechanics may not be my favorite, it's still really fun. I mean, it's real easy to get into. The moves are fun to pull off. And just getting to see all the characters, like, special super moves that they have are really cool. <laughs> There's some cool cutscenes that play out in there. But um, the story mode is probably, so far anyway, the best thing in it. It's a cool story that's coming off from what those uh, early prequel comics were uh, that were coming out. It's just kind of expanding as far as what happens after that comic series. I mean, it's just such a cool Elseworlds story. And it's nothing really like new or groundbreaking because it's your typical Justice League alternate universe thing where uh, they get other members from the present time to help them stop Superman who's kind of taken over the world pretty much. I, will, I guess I won't go into specific spoilers because it is pretty cool how everything unravels in the story. But the cutscenes on it are just the production value and it's really good. And just the voice acting, I mean, that's what really makes it a lot for me is having the old Justice League cast members in it. Of course, Kevin Conroy, George Newburn back as Superman, uh, the Wonder Woman's voice actress. Um, I'm blanking on her name right now, which I don't know why, but it's a lot of the classic voice actors from the Justice League series are back in the game. It just adds so much to it. It just really draws you in like you're watching another Justice League episode, really. And then just so, so let me ask you, do you like uh, Timothy Daly as Superman? Yeah, I think they're actually both really good. I have a hard time choosing which one's my favorite because they both do a great job. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I prefer either either or is a, a good choice for me. They both do an awesome job. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I beat the story mode. The story mode, unfortunately, is a little short, but I, I did it probably, like, within, like, two hours or so if you just sit down and play it all the way through. But you just it's so good, you just want it to keep going and going because <laughs> the cutscenes are awesome, the fun to play, the dialogue's great. Just, everything about it is really cool. But... What makes the game even cooler is that there's so much other content to play that's going to keep me busy anyway for a long time. If you want to unlock everything, there's different costumes to get, like concept art, and then there's this mode called Star Labs where it basically takes different characters from the game and puts them in different missions, like Superman, where he has to like do a beam struggle with his eye beams against the evil Superman, and whoever wins that, or like save citizens from Metropolis from these different attacks. It's different little mini games that they have for each different character, which they have these, this ranking system on there, which is going to, if you want to get unlock everything again, it's going to take you quite a while. <laughs> and then just the actual uh, fighting mechanics, if anything I would complain about, there's just certain things as a fighting game fan that I wish there was a little more variety in there. Because certain games, they have different super attacks, where like each character would have three that you can choose from. But in this one, there's only one. I guess it's their so many characters, well, there's like 30 characters almost, and each of them have an elaborate cut scene for their special move. Maybe it would have taken too much time, but they're just so cool. You kind of want to wish to have maybe the option of maybe one or two more, just to give it a little more variety as you're playing it. And just maybe a few more, like, extra animations for your throws, which I know fighting games, like Tekken and Street Fighter characters usually have, like, two or three throws per character, and this one's only one, so little things like that, just as a fighting game fan, I wish were a little different, but Overall, the game was pretty much everything I was hoping for. It's like if you're a DC fan, you just you have to get the game. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> Maybe. And I, and I'm guessing you played as um, Batman. Well, that's cool about the story mode. You have yeah. different chapters where you get to play a different character. You don't necessarily. Oh, I see. It. But then there's just yeah. a regular like arcade mode where you choose whatever character you want and you fight the ten characters till you reach the boss. And then you see that character's specific ending, which is another, like, 
more content for you to do in the game. Batman's was pretty cool. So, yeah, there's just so much variety in here. This is what makes the game worth it, too. So what special moves and stuff does Batman have? Batman is like uh, his ultimate super move is where he gets like these these data rings that are electrified, sticks them in the person's neck, and they get shocked. Then he lays some punches on him. Then he hits the button to call the Batmobile. And as the Batmobile comes, Batman does a backflip, and the car just runs over your opponent. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, stuff like that's really cool. And then uh, like yeah. Aquaman's even has yeah, a cool one where... He calls. He like sends like a big tidal wave at your opponent, and then a shark comes and just bites you and just, like <laughs> takes off of you in its mouth. You can't be a shark. So. <laughs> Aquaman wins. Yeah, another cool thing about the game is just uh, how the environments are, the arenas where they're destructible, and like if you're at a corner of the level and then you do the special attack where you just punch them through, you see an awesome cutscene where like you're in Gotham on the rooftop. You knock the person out of the arena. You see him land on a train track. The train track runs over the opponent and crashes down to another level to the streets of Gotham. So there's, like, these different level transitions where are really cool to see. This has an epic feel to the fight, something you expect to see in a comic book. They just did a great yeah. job of capturing that. I mean, the problem I have is that video games are so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much why I don't buy video games that much. I mean, the last video game I bought, well, I mean, was recent, but <laughs> um, was the new Tomb Raider one, and I kind of felt that I got cheated on that one. Really? Because that's another um, one I really want to play, but like you said, I mean, they're it's, expensive, it, it's a and I had to choose between that and Injustice first, so I wanted to wait for Injustice, so Tomb Raider's next yeah. on the list. Yeah, I mean, it's a real good game, and I would highly recommend anybody play it. It's it's really, really good. Like, the story is super, super good. Um but after the after I beat it, it was just like, okay, now what? I guess... You pretty much did everything. I guess I'll just go watch TV, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing else to do. And, um... See, that's the good thing about Injustice, though. Once you beat the main yeah. story, there's so much left to do in the game. Which is going to keep you busy for a few hours, definitely. Especially if you want to get everything. Yeah, but I feel like, um... The thing about that is... You, you're kind of stuck in the... In that sort of arcade mm -hmm. kind of thing. True. Yeah. And you can only, you know, okay, Batman's fighting Aquaman, and then, you know, that's all you can do, right? Yeah, that's why there's in that Star Labs mode, there's these different missions that you have where it's not you're just fighting an opponent. There's certain different things you have to do. So that's oh, kind of mixes it up. Kind of like a minigame type mode. So this gives it yeah. more variety where you're not just fighting the, an opponent over and over again. Oh, I see. So, so once it's over, it's not over. Right? Exactly, yeah. Oh, okay. It's not like Tomb Raider that it's over, and it's like, okay, yeah. I beat the story, I know the story now, and uh, I guess I can go watch some TV then. <laughs> <laughs> it just too has like a Batman, in the story mode, there's some great scenes with Batman. It's just in the opening sequence, Batman has a cool encounter with Deathstroke. Sure, you fight him as as you play the game, but there's some cool cutscenes after you beat him, which is, are just awesome. There's a lot of cool Batman moments in yeah. that, too. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, is it worth the $60? Or whatever it is. For me, yeah. I think if you're a DC fan plus a fighting game fan, it's a no-brainer. It's definitely worth it. But it's kind of if you're mainly a DC fan but not necessarily a big fan of fighting games, maybe not. But um, to me, it is because you get to see these characters in a way you hardly get to see them in video games. So even if you're not the biggest fighting fan but more of a DC fan, I would say still give it a shot. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like um, uh, Arkham City, where after you beat it, after you beat Arkham City? 
Mm-hmm. You can kind of go around. You can still go around Arkham City and do the side quests and the downloadable yeah. stuff. Yeah, I would say uh, this is I like see. the Arkham City of fighting games, I guess you could say. <laughs> but but those are to like the action adventure type games. This is what is Injustice is like that for fighting games. Oh, I see. Um, but you know, speaking of Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, uh, Tim, what do you think about this Arkham Origins? Yeah. So first off, I mean, a new Batman game is always cool to hear. I mean, <laughs> I'm not disappointed that oh, we're getting a new Batman game. I can't wait to play it. But the thing that kind of gets me about it is that they're now starting just to use the Arkham name just as like a brand name now just to get people interested in it because they know those are popular Batman games. So they have to stick it on any Batman title now, it seems like. Because from what I've read so far and heard about Batman Arkham Origins, Arkham's not really involved in it yet so far. I never I haven't heard any mention of Arkham Asylum playing a factor in the game. So that's yeah, kind of the only thing. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing, though. Yeah. It's, yeah, like I said, it's not really a big deal. just the fact that it's called Arkham Origins, but it's, it seems like they're just using that as a brand name type thing where just to get yeah. people interested in it who are fans of Arkham but not necessarily hardcore Batman fans. Cause yeah, because it sounds like it's going to be more more of a Gotham thing, though. Yeah, which that to me is really cool. I actually just yeah. got the Game Informer issue where the cover story broke like two days ago. I just finally got really? to read the whole article, yeah. It just, so, so what are they saying that? Yeah. Yeah, I just... Gonna get me more excited for the games, despite it being called Arkham Origins, <laughs> where it doesn't look like Arkham's in it. But yeah, the story sounds cool. Where they're going, they're saying it's a prequel, where it's gonna kind of be not like an origin story for Batman, but he's still pretty new. I think maybe he's like been around for a year or so. And the whole thing is like, so far the main villain revealed is gonna be Black Mask, and he's hiring these different assassins to get rid of Batman. And in the demo that Game Informer was describing in the article, it's kind of said Batman's trying to discover why Black Mass is having these assassins trying to kill him. And it's set during the holidays. I believe it takes place on, like, Christmas Eve. So oh, that's going to be cool. Yeah, the environments look pretty cool with the snow falling down, like, this yeah. and the rooftops and all that stuff. That looks pretty cool. And what's also cool is, like, since Batman's sort of new, it's kind of have a little bit of that year one feel to where uh, he's not just going against assassins and criminals, but he's also going to be going against some cops that some of the police officers aren't going to be trusting him because uh, Gordon's not the commissioner in this one. And you remember that character, uh, Brendan, from year one, that uh, SWAT officer? Yeah. He's going to play the a part. Gets, uh, or he's, uh, like, uh, I don't know what you call violent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to play a part in the game. It's like someone Batman's going to have to go up against who doesn't trust Batman and all that stuff. Oh. So oh, all those aspects, cool. yeah, it makes it sound really cool. But on the gameplay front, they say that the combat system's pretty much going to be the same they're kind of using if it ain't broke, don't fix it approach. But um, they are going to add some stuff to the detective mode. They say they kind of want to add more of a detective element to the game, which to me sounds pretty cool. Kind of reminded me a little bit of what Snyder did in the early Batman issues where he kind of had that uh, hologram. Uh, he, like, he was able to put a hologram of himself in like the morgue where Gordon was at looking at a dead body. Not quite like that, but just kind of gave me that vibe where Batman's going to be able to simulate, like, different crime scenes through the back computer where you're able to control, like, the camera to look at the crime scene and, like, rewind certain things of actions, of simulated actions that characters are making during a crime scene and just kind of have really investigated it. It's going to be more of a focus than it was in the other two Batman games. And just kind of have, like, side quests like that where you're going to spend more time using your detective skills and, like, 
solving cases and investigating more detailed crime scenes, it's going to be a lot more in depth where you're going to be able to interact with it more, which to me sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the one thing, the, the one problem I had with, <laughs> with Arkham or Asylum and Arkham Origins was, you know, when you got to go into detective mode uh, and you're kind of, but, but you don't know it. And, yeah. uh, you're kind of looking for, okay, what do I do next? And then you're just stuck for like 15 minutes <laughs> trying to figure out what to do. You're like, oh, detective mode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of that, when it says detective mode, you're just basically scanning an object or some evidence yeah. that was left there and it leads you a tra- like a trail to go follow. But like with this, yeah. you're going to have to study like certain movements and placements of characters that were at the crime scene and kind of like move the camera around and see if there's any objects that looks that looks like it could be a clue for what's going on in that crime scene. So it's just going to be a lot more in depth to that. Oh, I see. Yeah, so they said the world's going to be bigger, too, than Arkham City. It's going to be split into two areas, Old Gotham and, like, New Gotham. But, like I said, no mention of Arkham yet. So <laughs> they said there's still a lot of secrets they're holding back on revealing, so I'm sure it's going to figure in somehow. But um, we'll see if uh, Arkham City plays a role in this at all. But so uh, I kind of hope not because, I mean, first we got Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. We were in Arkham Asylum, went through all, all through Arkham Asylum, and then we had Arkham City, we went through all of Arkham City. And um, I hope they just don't try to recreate that. Yeah. If anything, just maybe have it be like the final level or something that you go to, or maybe Arkham just got built or is in the process of being built, something like that. I guess to make the name valid <laughs> where it's called Arkham Origins. Yeah. And so far, the only villains uh, confirmed right now are Black Mask, who's so far going to be the main villain which I think is uh, design looks pretty cool. And uh, Deathstroke and the Batman villain seems to be showing up in every medium, except movies. <laughs> the Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> I also even heard um, Cheddar Croc is going to be in it, too. Really? I, that's something I haven't heard. He wasn't mentioned in the article I read at all. But I mean, I just saw it on Twitter or something. I'm, I'm not sure if that was really confirmed or anything. But um, Deathstroke, I, is that going to work? Yeah, definitely. Him and Batman have a hit. Okay. Together, so that's going to be a okay. encounter. All right, if you say it's going to work, it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool because they're saying it's just Batman. They're going with a different take as far as this being early in Batman's career. They don't want it to be where he's inexperienced and he's not doing things necessarily right. Kind of like how in uh, Jeff John's uh, Earth 1, he was, wasn't able to make a jump to a rooftop and his grappling hook wasn't working. It's not going to be like that. Instead, it's going to be things where like he pushes things too far where maybe – he roughs up a, an interrogation suspect too far where he knocks him out. He can't get the information. Like, he doesn't know how far to restrain himself. Stuff like that where he's not experienced with, which I think is a cool take instead of just the random or typical things where he's not experienced or he can't uh, – his stuff doesn't work or his, his skills aren't necessarily as good as they use, as they are when he gets more experience. So that's a different take I think is going to be cool to the story anywhere where like he just pushes himself too hard when he's roughing up criminals. So yeah, all in all, I think it's looking up to be another great Arkham game. It's not going to be developed by Rocksteady, but um, there's kind of gotten developers from different, from other different development teams to come to this new Warner Brothers Montreal studio. This is like the first big title, I think. So hopefully they'll follow in Rocksteady's shoes and <laughs> deliver another great Batman game. But so far it's looking that way. So this comes out October 25th, so not too long of a wait. We'll probably hear more or see some footage about it next month during the E3. So yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, and I have to ask you, Tim. Yes. What if it comes out and it's terrible? <laughs> <laughs> it won't be the end of the world because we already got two great, awesome Batman games with Arkham Asylum and Arkham City 
And I don't think it's going to be dra- too drastically different where it's going to be absolutely horrible because they're taking the same model that Rocksteady did with their game and just kind of developed their own stories and ideas to it. So I don't think they're going to dramatically change anything. If anything, maybe the stories won't be as good, but I think gameplay-wise, it should still be pretty similar. Oh, and another thing they didn't say at all is that if Kevin Conroy is coming back for The Voice, which I definitely hope he is, but since it's a prequel and it takes place earlier, I wonder if they're going to want to go with, like, a younger voice actor or something. I hope he goes back. I really do. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the question I'm sure everyone's going to be asking, is the Joker going to be in it? It's a prequel. He can be in it. But I doubt it. So so what's up with this rumor that Joker's daughter's going to be? Yeah, apparently I guess she's making her way to the new 52. That's one character I never really cared about or really got into in the old comics because she's not really his daughter, but just someone who's kind of obsessed with him. And she has the same last name as Two-Face. I think her name is Dula Dent, I believe. So she's like a character I never really got into or even like knew too much about, really, so... To me, that's not really a big deal. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to swing this, but whatever. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> At this point, whatever. Whatever you guys want to do, I'm okay with it, I guess. And again, it's the same thing, you know? Forget about Wally West, Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Kane. Let's bring in a character nobody really cared about. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the return of uh, Katrina. Oh, cat girl. <laughs> cat girl. She went off to school. We don't know what happened to her. <laughs> well... I guess whenever Tony Daniel comes back to a Batman book, she'll be the first <laughs> character to, he writes about. Well, she, I, I can't even remember why she was even in the book. She was part of the Falcone family, remember? And then she got yeah. involved with Catwoman, something like that. <laughs> Whatever it was. It was How could I forget? It was forgettable, that's for sure. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyways, um, uh, was there anything else you wanted to bring up, Tim? Yeah, I think that's Anything that, comic-wise that came out? Yeah, it's been kind of quiet on the comic front. No big yeah. DC surprises or announcements <laughs> that they dropped on. It's, it's, it's that Joker's daughter thing, but to me, that's not really a big deal. I'm just trying to think. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, to me, it was a great week for Batman and DC fans. With Man of Steel trailer and Justice Gods Among Us. Then uh, another small thing is that uh, the full cast list for uh, Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox animated movie, came out. And a few new screenshots, and I'm really excited for that movie. I can't wait to see it. Overall, a good week. That's good. This was good for you, Tim. <laughs> You're such a big DC fan. Even though you like to cheat on DC every once in a while with Marvel. That's true, yeah. I just picked up my latest issue of Superior Spider-Man. So. <laughs> Starring Doc Ock. That, yep. That's another whole other tangent we can go into. <laughs> no, thank you. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, all right, so I guess we can uh, move on to some listener feedback. Uh, Tim, did you want to do this one? Sure. Now let me get to those emails. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim, you're supposed to be prepared. So I had I had the show notes up and not the emails up. That's why you're going to get kicked off this podcast. Then. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. First one's open. All right, yeah, so first one, of course, is from our faithful listener, Alex, who wrote in saying, great episode as always. I really like the various discussions. Oh, no, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tim. Uh, I forgot to tell you guys, um, we are renaming this uh, this segment. That's right. It's going to be called Alex Time. <laughs> <laughs> A lesson with Alex, or uh, what else? <laughs> 
Alex Alex time just doesn't have that same ring as uh, Timmy time. <laughs> oh, what does have the same ring to that Timmy time? Uh, uh, a conversation with Alex. There you go. <laughs> there we go. A conversa- uh, th- this segment is called A Conversation with Alex. No, we, so. need, we need some quiet music to play in the background or something. <laughs> yeah, like some piano music yeah. or something. <laughs> so, Alex, what do you think? Yeah. You need like an announcer saying, and now, A Conversation with Alex, read by the Bad Dads. <laughs> Um, but anyways, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Alex says, "Great episode as always. I really like the various discussions you had. I wrote down the stories you talked about. I saw they have bro- Broken City on Amazon. Hopefully, I can find the others on eBay. So, see, Dave. Now, hopefully, someone else can have your opinion on Broken City, and you won't be alone." Good. good. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the part of his email where I don't know. It's going to be hard for me to read. He says, "I was ready to tell you guys that Tim has got has got to go until he redeemed himself at the end." This I like Star Wars and Star Trek more than Batman blasphemy has got to stop. The ultimate betrayal was him even entertaining the idea that Bruce Tim should work on a Marvel animated series. <laughs> but first of all, I should correct. I never said I like Star Trek more than Batman. Only Star Wars. Star Trek is on the lower end of my stuff that I like. So <laughs> that is nowhere near or close to that. Well, well, for one, once and for all, Tim, I want you to say, my name is Tim. And I love Star Wars, and I don't like Star Trek. Say it. That would be lying. I do like part of Star Trek. <laughs> can I say it? <sighs> Tim. Can I just say it? It's like- either you're a Star Trek fan or you're a Star Wars fan. Now, you need to draw the lines someplace. So just say, my name is Tim, and I love Star Wars, and I don't like Star Trek. I'm sorry, there's room for both. I will not go into that type of crowd. I can only pick one. I'm standing All right. firm. Okay, okay, here it is. Here it is, Tim, okay? All you have to do, once and for all, is say, my name is Tim, and I love Star Wars, and I like some of Star Trek. See, now that is acceptable. My name is Tim, and I love Star Wars, and only some of Star Trek. How was that? <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. So the record straight, I do not like Star Trek more than Batman. <laughs> yes, it's finally straight. <laughs> but continuing on with the conversation with Alex, he also said I was a big fan of the Spectacular Spider-Man series and was disappointed that it got canceled, which I totally agree with. The best Spider-Man sh- animated series ever, and it's the shortest one, too. <laughs> That's why I keep saying Bruce Tim on a Spider-Man series would be awesome, because I know he wants to do it, and he would do an amazing job with it. So more wishful thinking from me, but I know it's not going to happen. But anyway, thank you for reminding me about the Flashpoint movie. I completely forgot about it, being that there's so much content. I'm very interested to see their interpretation of things. It's much more enjoyable when it's not a direct adaption, because we already have the story in comic form. Then again, I really want a direct adaption of Nightfall, although it would probably take three movies to adapt the first story arc. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I like seeing the direct adaptions. I know, especially with you in year one, it's didn't work for you, Dane, but to me, I just like seeing the moments I loved on the comic brought to life on the screen, so I can see it both ways where loosely basing it on something does work, but at the same time, I love the direct adaptions, too. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree, a Nightfall series would be awesome, but it would take, like, six movies or something (laughs) if they want to do everything. That'll be okay. That's okay. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I'd watch three movies. (laughs) 
And he goes on, I was just kidding about the not caring for Plastic Man, although I don't know much about him or other than Brave and the Bold and Grant Morrison's Justice League America run. You guys really got me excited for a Plastic Man series now. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get this going. (laughs) Who cares about Plastic Man? (laughs) I think we need a fun, lighthearted series. Although I'm enjoying it, the current Shazam is a good representation for the starker and more serious direction DC is taking. A Plastic Man series would be a great way to poke fun at it. Maybe the Batman 66 book will help that. I don't want to bump anyone's mom from the first place, but I sent an email for uh, episode 25, although it may be a good idea you guys didn't see it because I had some pretty weak ideas on how Nolan's universe could work for a Justice League or World's Finest movie. So hopefully now I don't have to watch the Clone Wars series anymore. Alex, Alex. <laughs> you know what? Forget about Alex. <laughs> <laughs> but, but don't worry. No, no. He saved himself. <laughs> He oh, says, he does. I'm just kidding. I'm going to start watching it after the Bane arc in Season 2, which that arc is awesome, and the rest of Season 2 is awesome, especially the Geonosis series. Oh, man. <laughs> That's like the first four-part arc of the Clone Wars, and it was an amazing arc. Which one are you talking about? Geonosis. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it, it's, it starts off one way, and then it takes a turn that is awesome. Yeah. It becomes it? a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Once you see the season finale, or the now it'll probably be the series finale of the episode of season five, you'll look <laughs> back. Blow on, your mind. Yeah, you'll look back on these <laughs> of the stories totally different. <laughs> Especially the lawless and uh, the final episode. Yes, so, blow your mind. <laughs> definitely glad to hear you're continuing on, Alex. Why? <laughs> then he asked that he's curious to hear any of our other favorite animated series. Now I have a lot to choose from, so <laughs> I'll let you go first, Dane. Any other favorite? Animated series that you have? Not really. Uh, maybe when I was a kid. Uh, um, what were some of your favorites as a kid? Uh, the X-Men one was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, just trying to think. Um, uh, the, I really like the Ghostbusters animated <laughs> series, which is really good. Never got into um, that. It was pretty good. Um, so yeah, pretty much anything from the, I would say like the late 90s to the early 2000s. Yeah, for me, I mean, currently... I would say the shows that recently got canceled, <laughs> first and foremost being Clone Wars, that Greenland in the animated series was awesome. Young Justice was cool. And then probably my current favorite animated series that's on right now would probably be the new Ninja Turtles cartoon. That show's really good. <laughs> it's like the perfect blend of being funny, some good stories, and some cool action sequences too. So that was probably definitely my favorite right now. But then going back, um, of course, be all the DC animated series, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Superman, all those, of course. But then, like you said, Dane, X-Men was awesome. That was probably, during that time, my second favorite animated show after Batman was X-Men. Those stories, or those episodes really do hold up. And I just love how they adapted a lot of the classic X-Men stories from the past, like the Phoenix Saga and a bunch of other ones. And then, I guess, for uh, comedy shows, uh, Animaniacs was awesome. And I grew up watching DuckTales, and those shows, looking for a good, funny sh- shows, those ones still hold up surprisingly good. Well, I shouldn't say surprisingly good. They just hold up extremely well and just pretty much better than any other comedy cartoon series that have come out in the last 10 years. It's like nothing compares to those. Then other than that, um, I do like some anime. I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, just the Dragon Ball franchise in general. So that's probably be one of my all-time animated series would be Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. So, yeah, those are some of my favorites. Okay, Tim. Now that you stated that, Dragon Ball Z or Batman the Animated Series? Uh, Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z would probably be third after that in Star Wars. 
Uh, I would think I was, it's safe to say I watch more animated series than I do live action or drama series. Man, I forgot to say, the the, um, the Clone Wars micro series. Yeah, that was awesome, too. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> so, so many good ones to choose from. <laughs> but yeah. I, I will say this, animated programs are not what they used to be back when we were growing up. That was like the golden age of cartoons, I would say. <laughs> you old man. Yes. That's something an old man would say, Jim. <laughs> Back in my day, we had cartoons that treated kids with respect. <laughs> <laughs> really? Treating kids with respect? <laughs> uh, I guess. Uh, if they didn't dumb down the jokes, I was oh, nice. <laughs> and then uh, Alex goes on to ask uh, some other questions regarding comic books, like what's our favorite comic book genre, and then... If there was only one Batman title available, what kind of tone would you want from the book? That one's kind of... I was thinking about that. There's, like, I mean, of course you want some good action stories. You want a good mystery. You want something, I guess, with uh, character development. So, for me, I would probably... The tone I would want the most is kind of, I guess, a good blend of those. Kind of what Snyder did with uh, Court of Owls and Death of the Family. There's, like, a great mystery, especially with Batman books. I like the mystery aspect of Batman investigating things and finding certain revelations throughout the course of a story arc with each issue kind of ending on like a new revelation and just seeing Batman trying to discover new things about a mystery or a case that he's going through. And of course having some cool action sequences with him interrogating people or just fighting through people to get to the information or the villain who's behind the mystery or whatever. So I would say for Batman, I like the good mystery stories the most. Oh, what kind of tone? Probably dark and gritty. That's all I like my Batman. So, so it's safe to say that's something you're not going to look to find in the new Batman 66 comic series, right? Uh, you might. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, so probably dark and gritty, but 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 not over the edge like Frank Miller. Yeah. That was what I would say. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that was it for a conversation with Alex this week, but... Thanks again, Alex, as always, for your emails. Yeah, so also this week we got an email from Carbon Pools who asked that, uh, says, been listening to all the Batman Universe podcasts since the New 52 began, and I wanted you guys to know that you have at least three regular listeners, Alex, Tim's mom, and me. So, Dane, you can now officially say we have uh, three listeners now. You can add that to the tally. Okay, I'm adding Corbin to the list. <laughs> so we're slowly moving up from our title of the least listened to podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But then he goes on to say, uh, I asked the guys on the regular podcast who they would like to play Bruce Wayne slash Batman in the next Batman-related movie, not named Christian Bale. So I'll leave you guys with the same question. My pick was Matt Bomber, but Dustin and the guys had some interesting picks also. Also, what are your thoughts on the live-action DC movies yet to be made being modeled after Man of Steel? So I guess first off, an actor you would want to see play Batman in the next movies. I don't know if this would work, because <laughs> uh, um, I think he's a little too old now. But um, John Hamm. I've been hearing that name a lot recently. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, yeah. too, he was, like, being championed for Superman before Henry Cavill got cast. He would have made a good older Superman, and he uh. would make a good older uh, Batman. He just has that look. He has the chin, and he has the body to do it. Uh -huh. And, uh, of course, he has the, the, the acting skills to, to do it because, you know, he was in – or he's in Mad Men and – you know, he was in that movie, The Town. Yeah, actually, so, yeah. probably John Hamm. Yeah, for me, I have something I don't really think about as far as actors I really want to see as play as Batman. So far, I haven't found anyone that like caught my eye and said, oh, he'd be a great Batman. But um, I kind of hope they go with 
someone who's perfect for it that is known or just someone who's not well known kind of as Christian Bell was at the time just whoever's perfect for the part for whatever story they're going to tell for the next Batman series but I will say this if they were to make a Batman Beyond movie there is someone I would like to say see play the older Bruce Wayne can you guess Dane I just want to see if you can guess on one shot <laughs> I will say this it's Star Wars related the guy who played Porkins and the guy who played <laughs> the guy who played uh, that that detective guy eighty nine. <laughs> Unfortunately, he passed away though. So oh dang it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, the Emperor, Mister <laughs> Ian uh, McDermott. <laughs> he would definitely be an interesting Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but no, I actually think Harrison Ford would make a great older Bruce Wayne. I mean, he has, he's like 70 now, he's almost at that age, and I guess with some makeup, they can't make him look the older Bruce Wayne, but I think attitude-wise, he'd be perfect for that. He kind of has that brooding attitude, and like, kind of that same thing, like, Batman, he used to be Batman, but now he's older and he can't do all that stuff. Harrison Ford is like the older action uh, movie star who's moved past those roles now, and is maybe kind of has that, he can kind of put that into his performance as uh, the older Bruce Wayne. He can't be Batman anymore. So when I watch the animated series of Batman Beyond, I get, I could definitely see Harrison Ford putting on that vibe that Bruce does. This as a brooding old man. <laughs> as he's just giving orders out to Terry, who, when he doesn't do what Bruce wants or makes a mistake, the way Bruce lays into him, I can definitely see Harrison Ford yelling at him and just letting him know this is the way it's supposed to be done. So, so who do you think would make a good Terry? Well, that's uh, another good question. <laughs> Same thing, I don't really have anyone in mind. I remember for the longest time, like back in 2000, right, when The Matrix came out, the Keanu Reeves was always rumored to be up for it. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, God. No. <laughs> no. I mean, the... There are, are a lot of actors that people don't like that I can stand, uh, but Keanu Reeves is just one of those that really I just can't stand. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't like him. Not even in the Matrix movies. Not even in Bill and like Ted. <laughs> First off, I don't like Bill and Ted. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people do, but <laughs> I just don't like it. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't like him in the Matrix. I don't like him in that that remake of like the Day the Earth Stood Still or something or whatever. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I cannot stand him. <laughs> There's always an actor we can't stand. Yeah. <laughs> Who's yours, Tim? Maybe there isn't, because <laughs> maybe there's someone who, I can't really think of anybody who I absolutely hate. Maybe it's because I don't see a whole lot of movies when they're not, like, superhero movies or Star Wars movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that absolute actor I can't stand or won't see a movie because... <laughs> Or I'm just too nice. <laughs> you know what I realized? Uh, Porkins, or as I like to call him, random fat guy number one, or random fat guy pilot number one, uh, he is one of the only fat people in the Star Wars universe. That is true. <laughs> Besides I, I, a, human, uh, a human you're talking about. Well, I mean, of course there's Jabba. Yeah. And the uh, the Senate representative, I mean, the, the senator from... Uh, Ryloth. Ryloth. What's his name? Ah, great. See, you put me on the spot again. <laughs> the tweet like Sandra from Rylaws, I'm just calling him. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> um, maybe uh, uh, Chancellor Palpatine when he has that puffy dress on. <laughs> yeah, but it's not body weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he has that shape. <laughs> it's like he, I, I never really 
realize that until I watched the the Revenge of the Sith Blu-ray. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you know when he reveals to Anakin that he's a, he's the Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. He's wearing that puffy dress. It's like it, it's like puffy. It's, it looks like there's shoulder pads, and then it kind of bulges around his waist. Have you realized that? <laughs> I mean, I what is that? I haven't noticed. Maybe it's easier for him to fight in because he was expecting the Jedi to come and. In- it's easier for him to move around if <laughs> he wore it. Oh, and he can hide his lightsabers in that puffy dress, yep. huh? <laughs> oh. Everything has an explanation, too. Yes. Everything <laughs> in the Star Wars universe, I can explain. <laughs> Except how many times Darth Maul blames. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also this final question, uh, what are our thoughts on the live-action DC movies yet to be made? Kind of what we talked about in the beginning. Um, I just hope Man of Steel is the launching point for those series and that even if it's not a big old financial success, I just hope DC doesn't get scared and back off from making any movies. Because like we said before, the movies I really want to see, definitely Flash and Wonder Woman, I think they have to have movies. And I hope, <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up, but I would love for another Green Lantern movie. Uh, DC's probably too scared to do that if they were to be able to show up in Justice League, but I'd really love to see another Green Lantern movie. Even though I don't think the first one was as bad as everyone says, but it just didn't reach the potential it needed to, and Green Lantern has the potential to be an awesome movie series to adapt things like the Sinestro Corps War or Plastic Black and Snipe. There's just so much potential with Green Lantern. I just really want to see him get a big movie franchise where there's like six movies like Star Wars. I think Green Lantern can easily do that. But sad to say, I think that's a long shot now. <laughs> no, no, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that it from uh, Corbin? Um, yeah, those are his questions. So thanks, Corbin, right. for inviting us in. Yes, well, thank you, Corbin. I should say for writing in to us, not writing us in. <laughs> writing us in? Yeah. He's writing us into his book. You know that? His, his, Corbin is a really good collector of notes. I don't know if you know that, Tim. Now he's uh, collecting all our great uh, Batfans dialogue on the podcast. <laughs> where I can't talk so, and say things like, write us in. <laughs> anyways... I guess we can get into some comic book news, Tim. I guess we can. No, not comic book news. <laughs> comic book reviews. That seems, sounds even better. <laughs> yes, it does. What am I saying? Hey, we're both oh, Tim, I, I, just, <laughs> I just give up already, okay? I'm just going to go home, okay? I can't talk when uh, reading people's emails. You can't transition to the next segment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go home, okay? I'll see you. All right, see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. We'll see you. I'll beat us in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I guess we can move into our comic book reviews. We're um, we spoil the crap out of them, or at least Tim is, because I actually didn't get a chance to uh, pick up my comics for the past two weeks because I was busy with work. You can never be too busy for comics, Dane. Disappointed. <laughs> Don't well, you know, comics come first in everything. Yes, you're right, Tim, but you also need money to buy those comics, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why. Fair point. Um, <laughs> um, so for uh, the weeks, this episode we're covering the weeks of April 10th and April 17th. And for April 10th, we are covering Batman number 19, background number 19, and Batman and Robin Number 19 for April 17th. We have Nightwing number 19, Batman Beyond Limited number 19, and Justice League number what, Tim? 19. How did I You're get right. it? <laughs> but you know what? I just realized the 
as usual, a mistake is made on the numbering of these uh, comic titles. Batman Beyond oh. Unlimited is not number 19. It is number 15. Oh, and <laughs> screwing up my my perfect podcast, aren't you? Yeah, it was far from perfect with the mess-ups you already made. <laughs> <laughs> it's another one to add to the list. And our rating show for this episode is um, movies that we stuck into as kids because our parents wouldn't let us see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which me and Dave both right. had experience in. <laughs> yep. Yep, we both had experience in. Um, Alright, so for April 10th, we have uh, Batman number 19, Batgirl number 19, Batman and Robin number 19. Uh, Tim, what did you want to start start off at? Yeah, so I'll start with Batman number 19. And I hope cool. everyone doesn't get tired of my voice by the time we're done with all these reviews. <laughs> I'll be the only one talking. But... No, uh, uh, how you do it, Tim, is you um, you have to talk in, a, in an, uh, a British accent or an Australian accent or an Eastern <laughs> European accent. That'll make him turn it off before I even finish. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, Batman number 19. <laughs> you remember, Dane, when we were talking a few podcasts ago about what villains we would like to see Scott Snyder handle? In the future. Do you yeah. remember what one of those villains were? No, I just said, yeah, because it sounded like... <laughs> it sounded like something we were talking about. It. I just, yeah. <laughs> well, back in that podcast, it was me and Terrence where it said that Clayface is definitely one of the villains we wanted to see Snyder do, and we actually wow. get our wish in this issue. <laughs> good, good. I think it's kind of nice, too, that at least for these two issues, we're getting just a short story arc. Before we get into the long uh, zero year story coming up, yeah. But uh, this one started off really cool, where it opens with a sequence where the police uh, talking to someone who's robbing a bank, coming out with a hostage, and it turns out to be Bruce Wayne. Now, of course, from the solicitations we got for uh, the month of May, where it showed uh, Bruce Wayne with a bunch of mud all over him, I kind of assumed that it was Clayface. So right when I saw this, it wasn't a huge surprise as to who actually is impersonating Bruce Wayne. But I did think if uh, we didn't get any of the previews and the solicitations or anything, it would have been a cool intro where we're wondering, man, who is this? Or is this Bruce Wayne under some mind control? Or is this an impersonator? Or what's going on here? Because a cool sequence where Gordon's trying to talk him out of it, saying that we know each other. Like, I'll, I even called you a friend. Don't do this. And that cultivates into a sequence where uh, Clayface impersonating Bruce Wayne shoots Gordon with a shotgun and then runs over him with a motorcycle. And then, it, and then it goes back to, like, uh, six days ago. So it leaves you with a cliffhanger before the issue even ends. So it's like, oh, man, how is Gordon going to survive this? And how is Bruce Wayne going to prove his innocence? Because also, he's wearing a suit, but then um, as he gets ready to take off, he unbuttons the suit, and it has his Batman armor. He's wearing his Batman armor on there because Gordon did shoot him, and it didn't phase him because of the armor. So it was like, does Clayface now know that it's... Bruce Wayne's Batman, or just because of his ties to Batman Incorporated. So there's a lot of questions that left up right at the outset. Then the remainder of the issue just kind of tells you how the led up to that sequence where uh, Batman discovers that uh, someone who uh, he was working with named Brian Wade was murdered, but at the same time, uh, he's not really dead because uh, he's looking at his old police records. And then he's able to see that uh, he actually was involved with the murder. <laughs> so it's kind of like he arrested. It. He needs to be arrested for murder, but at the same time he was murdered. So stuff isn't adding up. So Bruce goes to investigate as Batman. And then he finds this guy, uh, Brian Wade, and he sticks uh, 
before he is, the guy makes his escape, but he throws a batarang into his eye, which leaves a blood mark on the batarang. Batman loses him in the subway, and he picks up the batarang to run some DNA tests, and it matches, like, it's 100%. This is Brian Wade. And Batman's like, that's impossible. It can't be. But then the computer, like, finds another uh, traces in the DNA, but it says that's irrelevant because it's deteriorating. But Batman tells it to scan anyway, and it reveals that it's uh, Basil Carlo's DNA, and of course, it's Clayface. And then it goes into the whole thing where Clayface is kind of mutating and evolving in his powers, where instead of just being able to transform and look like anybody he wants, if he comes into contact with certain people, his powers are evolving where he can take on that person's actual DNA and actually become them. So that's a new uh, power, I guess, uh, they're incorporating to Clayface, which I personally like kind of gives him more of a, becomes a more of a threat, just more tough to take down. He's actually able to mimic a person's DNA. So then the issue concludes where uh, Bruce is talking to Lucius Fox and Wayne Tower. He tells him he's going to need a new bat suit uh, to be made for Batman Incorporated to fight Clayface. But it turns out Lucius uh, actually was Clayface in disguise there. And then he just takes Bruce Wayne captured. He turns into Clayface and starts putting all the mud all over him and just has him captured in his hand, taking his DNA. So, it ends with him just grabbing Batman, saying that he's going to help him end Batman Incorporated once and for all. So it ends basically showing how he's able to turn into Bruce Wayne and have uh, his DNA from the beginning when he robbed that bank. So it's nothing like a groundbreaking story that we're just getting with Snyder, but it's still a cool story. I can't wait to see how it wraps up with Clayface and see how the thing with Gordon and Bruce Wayne resolves if Gordon finds out that it wasn't Clayface and if... Bruce Wayne is Batman and all that, so one definitely curious to see how it ends. So uh, just a good, solid story. Probably going to have it and give it uh, three and a half movies we snuck into at it as kids when our parents wouldn't allow us to see them. So good, another good, solid issue from Snyder. That's good. And then moving on to, I guess, Batgirl number 19. Uh, we finally got the return of Gail Simone <laughs> from uh, Ray Fox and the conclusion of uh, the James Jr. story, which I was definitely glad to see. <laughs> So I made it no secret I wasn't too happy with how he's being treated in the recent issues. But um, I thought this is a pretty good conclusion for it. Um, I would think it's not as good as how it wrapped up in Snyder's run in Detective before the New 52, and there were certain things I thought would have played out better if they did things differently. But um, this is probably the best James Gordon's been written since he was introduced in the New 52. Still nowhere near as good as Snyder, but... It's probably the best he has been because we got a cool sequence in the beginning with him and Barbara actually together as kids watching an old horror movie. And Barbara's kind of rethinking to herself, this is the only time I actually saw James be scared of something that was horrible. But then James shows how uh, twisted he was already as a little kid saying, I'm not scared of the movie. I'm scared of uh, how I'm, I'm looking away because the killer is being so sloppy and how he's killing this person. Kind of showing the red flag already of how messed up he's going to be. Then it kind of gets some closure on certain things. Barbara goes to her roommate, kind of lets her know everything that's going on with James, the Joker. She doesn't tell her that she's Batgirl, but that uh, she was crippled. It just kind of gives her the whole backstory without letting her know that she's Batgirl. And then James Jr. kind of tells Gordon to meet him in the old aquarium, but it actually turns out to be a trap set up by uh, Barbara and her mother just to kind of have the last confrontation with James. And it gets revealed that... uh, Barbara's mother, Barbara told her mother that she was Batgirl, and she knew this all along when James tried to reveal that information to her as a shock, but Batgirl already told her. 
then how it ends, I thought it would work out better this way, where their mother actually shot James Jr., but he did, it didn't actually kill him. That's not the last we see of him. I think that would have made a better ending to it, where he was taken out by one of his parents instead of actually Barbara, which it does how it, this issue does play out where Barbara ends up throwing a battering into his eye, and then he snaps his spine over a railing and falls off. But which kind of gives you the feeling that he's going to show up again because there was no body. But at the same time, Barbara thinks he's dead because he heard his spine snap and there's a battering in his eye. But I have a feeling he's going to be back. So will I really mean you're going to die, though, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I did like how the issue end where Gordon show, shows up at the last minute and tells, like, Barbara, she's under under arrest for the murder of my son. So this is all the stuff Babs going through now where she's she looks like to herself anyway. She thinks she killed her brother. Uh, but now her father is going to go after her for the murder of his son. Shows she kind of saying, "Okay, like I'm truly a lonely child now. Like my father doesn't tr- trust me as Batgirl now. She thinks I'm a murderer, and I just uh, killed my brother, but I had to do it." So there's all this like conflicting emotions going through her head right now. But the one thing I didn't like was the it kind of reveals of what why James is doing all this, and it was pretty weak. It's pretty much just a typical jealous little brother of Barbara saying that it was Barbara was perfect. She got all the attention, blah, blah, blah. You didn't notice me and all that stuff. I couldn't live up to how good she was. It's like, really, that's your reason for doing all this and becoming so twisted? I just like the idea that he was always like that as a little kid. He was just born kind of messed up. And even they, I believe it was one of the old detective issues with Snyder where they kind of hinted out it could have been the fall he suffered from during year one when he fell off the bridge as a baby. And I always liked that idea that I could have had something that messed him up mentally. But since seeing how that's not necessarily continuity anymore, that's probably not the case. So, um, so I guess the overall, the story with James Jr. wrapped it up better than I thought it would because I really wasn't enjoying it in the new 52. But just his whole motivation for doing what he does, I thought was kind of weak. Just your typical jealous sibling thing, which <laughs> just didn't work for me. But overall, this is a pretty solid issue. I think I'm glad Gail Simone's back on it because I didn't enjoy when Ray Fox took over. So I'd probably just give this one uh, three movies out of five that we snuck into as kids because we weren't allowed to see them. Now, based on my reviews, Dane, are you going to pick up the issues and decide which ones not to pick up? <laughs> Definitely not picking a bad girl. <laughs> no. Um, no, I mean, I pick up all the books, so not really. <laughs> Maybe reading order. Well, what's that? Maybe reading order. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to read uh, Batgirl first to get that out of the way. And then uh, Batman number 19 last, I guess. <laughs> you haven't heard my review for Batman and Robin number 19. <laughs> okay. All right, so this is a big one with a tease of Carrie Kelly as Robin. And talking about a tease, <laughs> she was barely even in this issue. I mean, the cover the cover of this fold-out was so misleading. I mean, it has her as Robin. And we do see her in a Robin costume, but it's only because she's on a costume party. But she's only in it for a few pages in the beginning and a few pages at the end. I will say that uh, I can see her working into this continuity. I kind of like what uh, Peter Tomasi was doing with her and how she was involved with Damien. He was basically a tutor for him. I'm not sure exactly what she was tutoring him in, but uh, they did kind of give the impression that it was for like a, a theater class. I don't know, because that's where... Uh, they make a mention where he was dropped off at when uh, he would go and study under her. They just mentioned that it was a campus, a theater campus. So I'm wondering if it was for to be an actor or something or something with movies. But I don't believe they ever really said what she was tutoring him in. 
but how it starts is she goes to Wayne Manor to drop some things off for Damien that because uh, she hasn't seen him in a while, she wants to know what's going on, and also to drop off the bill that uh, he owes her for payment, which is a thousand dollars. So this catches Bruce's attention. He wants to know who this girl is and why she knows Damien, just to kind of get more involved into his, what was going on in his life since he's not there. It was a pretty nice moment between Bruce and Alfred as she's as he's driving him to Carrie Kelly's apartment. Bruce is talking about him saying, uh, you don't think I give my son enough space, and Alfred's all, forgive me for saying this, but I'm kind of worried that you're still referring to Damien in the present tense. And Bruce is all, yeah, thanks for pointing that out to me, Alfred. Like, he knows it, but he, it just, I guess, makes him feel better to refer to him in the present. But then when Bruce finally confronts Carrie Kelly, she opens the door. She's in a Robin costume, and that kind of cap, captures him off guard. He just goes, hands her the books. She left at the door. She goes, you left these at our door, and she just leaves. And he tells Alfred, let's get out of here now. And then that's kind of it until the ending for Carrie Kelly. And then the issue turns off into Batman becoming a mad scientist, pretty much with uh, Frankenstein from the Frankenstein Agent of Shade comic, which I believe is canceled now, but Frankenstein makes an appearance in this issue. The Batman is going to try to use what brought him to life to bring Damien into life. And this was not an aspect of Batman I enjoyed reading. This made him look crazy and desperate, really. Using this type of things, like a mad scientist to bring Damien back to life as like a zombie like Frankenstein, it's like, come on. Batman would have more respect for his son than to do that, to bring him back that way. I mean, it's called Batman and Red Robin, and Tim barely makes an appearance in this issue because Alfred tells him to go look for him. And he's able to locate him and tell Bruce, what, are you doing? what you're doing is wrong. You're not going to bring Damien back this way. And Batman doesn't want to hear it. So Damien, or Tim, ends up uh, destroying the... It's like a castle where Bruce was at to try to use Frankenstein to bring Damien back to life. Tim destroys, like, the lab where it was at. And Bruce just looks at him real mad, like, how could you do this? And he just takes off. And then it was just really lame. I was like, I don't think Batman would do that. I mean, he even has trouble using the Lazarus pit in order to stay young. I remember there's that Batman Beyond episode where he dumps in the Lazarus pit but doesn't want to do it because it's a cheat. I mean, if this is what happened, he has to accept it, and he just moves on and deals with it and uses that as motivation to continue his mission. And I think Damien's death would be the same way. It's like, he's not going to become a mad scientist and try to bring him back from the dead. Maybe you can make the argument that because it's his son, he was reacting differently to that, but to me it still didn't work. It just, I just didn't like seeing Batman act that way. And then the issue ends. It goes back to Carrie Kelly kind of talking to a roommate, which everyone is thinking is Stephanie Brown because she has blonde hair, <laughs> but they never mention her name. And they just ask, whatever happened to that kid, Damien, and I heard Bruce Wayne stop by. What was he here for? And she just says, he just came to drop off the payment I was owed. And instead of being $1,000, which she billed him for, Bruce ends up paying her at least a $10,000 check for her. And that's how the issue ends. So the whole Carrie Kelly thing, I mean, I could see it working. I like kind of how it involved her with Damien. That part was pretty cool. But the majority of this issue was Batman acting like a mad scientist using Frankenstein to bring Damien back, which I thought was terrible. So overall, I'm probably just going to give it – I think this would be a generous because <laughs> I'm going to give it two out of <laughs> – two movies that we snuck into out of five uh, just because I like the Carrie Kelly stuff, but the majority of the issue was just terrible, the whole – Frankenstein and Batman trying to make Damien back. I really didn't like that. Okay, Tim. <laughs> you're you're on a sinking ship. Bruce Tim is on one hand. <laughs> Scott Sanders on the other hand. Who do you save? 
I'm gonna have to go with Bruce Tim. <laughs> <laughs> He's done so much for my favorite interpretation of the character of Batman. I can't let him drown. I mean, I'll make an attempt for Scott Snyder, but versus Bruce Tim, then I'm gonna go for Scott Snyder. <laughs> Maybe we'll lose out on some future potential Batman stories, but I'm sorry, I can't let Bruce Tim drown. <laughs> All right, so. You would save Bruce Tim. Sorry, Scott. <laughs> uh, Bruce, you're you're on a sinking ship. Bruce Tim is on the one hand. Dave Filoni's on the other. Uh, Who do you save? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, only one question per podcast. <laughs> you got to answer, Tim, otherwise you're kicked off. Come on, i got to think of a way to get both of them off there. <laughs> There's no way. You know what? There's no way. I'd save them both, and I would sacrifice myself. No, no, you see, you sacrifice yourself. <laughs> All three of you die <laughs> because they're both hurt. They both have broken ankles. Okay, I'll base my answer off this. I would save Dave Filoni because he has <laughs> so much more stories to give us in the Star Wars universe. And Bruce Tim gave us plenty of stories to last us to last us lifetime, I would say, or generation of kids growing up. So there's so many stories Dave Filoni needs to tell. Tim. <laughs> I'm gonna email Bruce Tim. <laughs> we'll have to. But you asked me an impossible question. Hey, it's impossible for a reason, and I asked you it for a reason. <laughs> and you had a hard time, right? First of all, I want to know what uh, cruises is where I'm able to hang out with Bruce Tim and Dave Filoni <laughs> and Scott Snyder. <laughs> and the the ship is sinking. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Norwegian Norwegian cruise lines. <laughs> At least it's not carnival. <laughs> oh, Tim. Uh, anyways, uh, Scott Snyder has a really funny voice. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, a little bit. Hey, guys, you know, um, <laughs> what time I worked at? Um, you know, <laughs> that's actually not too bad. <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> I got to be Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Now, if you ever meet him, you have to do that impression for him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he kind of has that. Yeah, he kind of has that high pitched voice. Yeah, he does. And it's like, oh, you know, I like to eat at um, Popeye's Chicken. <laughs> okay, right there, you went a little too high. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I like to eat at Popeye's chicken. Uh, you had it good. good the first time. Now you're going a little too far. Uh, <laughs> my name is Scott <laughs> Okay. Okay. My name is <laughs> My name is Scott Skinner. <laughs> now you can't even get it out. No, but like he has a weird voice, doesn't he? It's like <laughs> it's kind of like high pitched, but it's not high. It's high pitched for a guy. It's not right. Yeah, it's high pitched, but it's not so high pitched where it's not like, wow, I can't believe like it's that high <laughs> for a guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a high talker. It's kind of he kind of mumbles too, right? Really? I maybe he does. But I haven't picked too much up on it. Maybe because I'm a mumbler myself, <laughs> I don't notice it. I don't know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's, uh, 
it's going um, over there and stuff like that, and you know, it's it's kind of like that, right? Yeah, I can I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, my name is Scott Snyder, and I, you know, I like to um, I like to go um, play basketball once in a while and stuff <laughs> like that. Now Scott Snyder's never gonna be on this podcast. No, <laughs> great work. Well, maybe if he was, he's gonna be on it <laughs> first place. <laughs> Our magnetic <My> charm. <laughs> My name is Scott Snyder, and, you know, I like to, uh, you know, play uh, Frisbee, Ultimate Frisbee, with my with my friends. Or maybe, like to, maybe we could do it where you're Scott Snyder and we're interviewing you, <laughs> pretending to be the Okay, yeah, yeah, interview me, Tim. I'm Scott Snyder. <laughs> All right, so what made you want to bring in Clayface into your story in the New 52? Uh, you know, I, I have a, you know, a real affinity for Clay, you know? Uh, not Clayface the character, but, but Clay, Clay in general, you know? So, I figured, for the story, Tim, for the story, it, uh, it would serve the story very well, because, because of my affinity for Clay. Well, I have to say, your affinity with Clay has definitely played off, because your Clayface first issue, anyway, was awesome. Great introduction oh. for him to the New 52. Oh, well, thank you, Tim, because I, I put a lot of my soul into that story. We got a new segment on the show, Fake Interviews. <laughs> fake Scott Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give you a new segment. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I don't have any. What's your next question for Mr. Snyder, Tim? <laughs> Mr. Fake Snyder. Yes, Mr. Fake Snyder. What's the best part about interacting with fans who maybe sometimes aren't all there and try to do impressions of you that don't sound quite right? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's always fun because you know uh, uh, they they bring me a lot of Popeyes chicken. That's my favorite uh, fast food chain in the world, and uh, I would endorse it if. Um, if if I was given the chance, <laughs> well, that's good. At least you're receiving some stuff from fans. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I receive a lot of Popeyes and uh, Wendy's Wendy's uh, bacon sandwiches, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And uh, you know, I'm always appreciative because this is a tough time for me to. I don't know if you know that. Tough time. It seems to be going good for you. you. Got successful Batman comic series going on. You're gonna be taking over a new Superman title. What's not so good? Um, you know, uh, my car broke down and stuff like that. So it's it, it's a tough time for me to. Sorry, sorry. I I want to cry, but I don't want to cry on record. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. As long as you keep producing these great Batman stories, we still love you. Yeah, and um, if you're wondering about my process, then. I uh all I do is flip a coin. I have a bunch of letters in front. I mean, a bunch of words in front of me, Batman related, and I flip a coin to see which words I pick. And I take those words and I make a make a Batman story out of it. Well, well so far uh, you've been lucky with your choices because all of them have been great so far. <laughs> what are the chances of that? You're adopting the hey, two face method. Hey, you know the 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 U.S. quarter is. is it's actually a very, a very good piece of change. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
<laughs> best interview ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Um, okay, so now if we ever do really get Scott Snyder on, I'm going to ask all those same questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. I mean, we've learned that he likes Popeyes and Wendy's. <laughs> I don't um, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe not. And he... Um, what else did we learn, Tim? He worked at Disneyland. He was scared of Decapolo. <laughs> he was scared of Decapolo. No, no, of our interview just now. Oh. <laughs> and how he writes comics just by flipping a coin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, what an in, informative interview, Tim. My uh, journalistic skills are uh, coming to fruition. Yes. yes so the is. interviews I was able to do with Bruce Tim and everyone from the Dark Knight Returns premiere all prepared me for this moment. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, exactly. But unless, I mean, unless anybody thinks that that was God's letter. Yeah, I highly doubt it. <laughs> he doesn't like Wendy's. He doesn't adore Popeye's chicken. He doesn't flip a coin. <laughs> that was a good laugh, though, to take it as staying away from Batman and Robin number 19 for me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dane. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> So, so that's our new segment, okay? Uh, we're gonna bring Scott Snyder on every week, every two weeks, and we're gonna talk, we're gonna interview him, okay? And you never know what he's gonna say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe uh, Scott Snyder likes Popeyes. I haven't had Popeyes in a long time. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I, I always drive past it, and I'm always like, maybe I should get Popeyes, but then they're kind of like KFC in in the sense that you pay too much for too little. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no Popeyes for me, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but anyways, after that, enough of all Popeyes, Tim. God. <laughs> but it's so tasty. <laughs> it's it's a Louisiana fast. <laughs> I think that's their slogan. Uh, for April 17th, knowing number 19, Batman Beyond Unlimited number 19, and Justice League number 19. Where do you want to start us off at? Let's go with Nightwing number 19. And this issue is the start of Nightwing going to Chicago and trying to track down Tony Zuko. And I thought it was a good introduction to the story. It was pretty much that introducing Dick into Chicago now. I like how it started off right away. He's in the middle of a the police chasing him and shooting him because they're not used to having masked heroes walk around their or rooftops in their city, so the police are after him. And uh, they kind of made the point that there have been masked heroes there before, but they kind of uh, did away with that where there's none there. In this issue, the fold-out cover for this one is a new villain called the Trickster, and he's mentioned throughout the issue where he's kind of like a cyber criminal, maybe mainly dealing crimes and with like computer stuff and hacking and all that stuff. But, um, Dick, of course, he's in Chicago trying to track down Tony Zuko. He's kind of wanted to keep his presence a secret, so he's kind of putting feelers out to different people in Chicago to get information for him. And this leads him to someone named Spade. He has an encounter him to try to get more information on Zuko. He gives him a list of aliases that Zuko is using to try to figure out where he's at. But that doesn't work. It backfires on him because when he's meeting this guy, that's where the cops show up. And that's how we get the introduction uh, to the issue. We see how that happens where the police are chasing him. And uh, it Dick, of course, escapes. Escapes in a cool way to where uh, he's escaping off the rooftops in typical Nightwing Batman fashion, but the helicopter goes down and 
before it goes down, he has to say the two police officers who are in there. So it's kind of like that thing where we have to arrest this guy. We don't trust him, but yet he saved our lives. So at least he's making a name for himself now where he is a hero, where he's not, uh, where not everyone's going to believe he's just a criminal in a mask. But uh, the issue ends where this guy, the prankster, um, he's kind of involved with the mayor who's kind of corrupt, where he gave the tip off to the police of where Nightwing was meeting this guy, Spade. And then uh, the mayor gets information that Nightwing is looking for Tony Zuko. But it turns out we get the reveal that uh, the mayor is in league with Zuko as we see Luko, Zuko is driving him off. So the mayor is definitely corrupt, and whatever Zuko has planned, he's involved with it. So uh see how long it takes for Dick to figure that out. But one thing I liked about this was uh, this new villain, the prankster, who's getting introduced here. I kind of like, because the last uh, few pages ends it with him where you kind of get the sense maybe he's not a full-on bad guy because he's taking out this corrupt uh, business guy. He sets a trap for him where um, if he pays off this money, he'll give him his life back, kind of erase all the uh, bad things that he did. He was, like, involved with child trafficking, and that's how he made all his money. So uh, this guy, the prankster, kind of wants to call him out on that. And then and what he does is he lures him to a trap. With, he thinks it's a ransom where he's going to give him money, then he's going to be able to fix his problem, but it's a trap. And what he does is he gives him a match that's lying in there. He lights the match, and he sees there's a wolf standing there, like right in front of him. And the fire is the only thing that's going to keep that wolf that day. But to keep the fire going, he's going to have to burn all the bills that's in that briefcase in order for him to save himself before uh, – I think he said he gives him, like, enough time for help to come. I forget exactly how he's able to get out of it, but he has to keep burning his money in order to save himself to keep that fire go- going and save himself. So that's where the prank is saying, that's the prank on you. You think you're getting your life back by giving this money, but instead you're actually going to use that money to – you have the choice to save your life by destroying your money. So I think this guy's going to die either way, but I just kind of like the method that the prankster is using. So he's definitely a villain or somewhat villain who's caught my interest to see how he's going to get involved with Nightwing and Tony Zuko. So overall, um, this is a good issue. The art was great in it. I wasn't too crazy about the art in the last two issues of Nightwing, but – uh the stuff that Brett, boot, Brett boosted in this issue was really good. So glad that the art is back on track for Nightwing. So overall, a solid issue. I'm going to go ahead and give it uh, three and a half uh, movies that uh, we snuck into as kids because we weren't allowed to see. Three and a half out of five. I thought it would be better than that. <laughs> like I said, it was more of an introduction to the whole scenario, what's going on. Dick getting settled in in Chicago, his first encounter with the police, and kind of getting knowing what's going on with Zuko and this guy, the prankster. It's just setting up all the pieces for this story arc that's about to take place. Do you want to ask Scott Snyder what he thinks about it? <laughs> we can get him back on the phone if you want. If it's not too much trouble. I know he's busy. Okay. I'm uh, Skyping him right now. Okay. Scott. He's on. Hey, Scott. Hey. So we're just talking about Nightwing and his, this new story arc where he's introduced into the city of Chicago. I'll tell you how I came up with the Court of Love storyline. I believe I already heard that on numerous interviews before, so you have to do something better than that. No, no, no. You see, th- those were all just lies. <laughs> More lies. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk to you anymore, because the less, the more I talk about you, the less uh, <laughs> impressed I am with the more disturbing things I find out. I was actually uh, on vacation with my wife and child, and I seen an owl, and I rolled the owl into the, the night sky. <laughs> And I was like, hey, I've mastered this beast. 
So I think I'm going to write a story about this. Uh, you're a liar, Scott. I never pegged you for all of this. <laughs> now you're lying about your storyline. That's it. That's the final straw. This interview is over again. No, no. Can I ask you one more question, please, Tim? Last one. Can you buy me some Popeye's chicken? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, Tim. I thought he would I thought he would uh, redeem himself, but he just asked you for some Popeye's. Hey, dude, that's not the Scott Snyder I was expecting. Jeez, what happened to him? Okay, okay, maybe one more time. <laughs> I don't know. And he'll redeem himself? All right, I guess we'll give him the three strikes rule. One more time. Okay. Okay, and the Mets lost, by the way, which really pisses me off. <laughs> they, they got a good performance yesterday from Harvey. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> t- You're right. Um, okay, but Scott Satter. Okay. Hey, Tim. All right, I'm sorry. Scott. I'm sorry, Tim. Um, can I make it up to you one last time? All right, but it's better be serious this time. Okay. Tim, from the bottom of my soul, I'm so sorry. See, now that's an apology that I can accept. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Okay, uh, but uh, you know, let's end it here by, before by, you. By any chance? No. <laughs> <laughs> by any chance? Could, could you buy me some uh, Popeyes chicken? Uh, I knew I should have ended it before. Talking <laughs> I'll send you a check for ten dollars. That should be enough. <laughs> All right, bye, Tim. Goodbye. <laughs> well, at least you made it up to you, Tim. Barely. He swung at he swung at the three third strike pitch and missed. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyways, <laughs> no for fake Scott Snyder. It's funny how you're doing the exact opposite of what Scott Snyder really is. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's bizarro Scott Snyder. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, um. So, so what do you think about uh? Batman Beyond Unlimited number 15, Yeah, is it? 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one is, it was good, but not as great as the other past issues. It's mainly focusing on the Superman story arc, which is, to me, it was okay when it first started, but it's kind of growing on me the more I read it as he's trying to help this race who uh, he helped get, get free from slavery, but at the same time, they want to destroy the people who had him kept who kept him enslaved? And Superman doesn't want to get involved in another war, so he's kind of conflicted. I want to help these guys, but I don't want to help them start a war. So, but of course, a war does end up happening, and Superman does end up uh, getting involved in the conflict. But uh, it ends with the Justice League from Batman Beyond coming to help. So I think it's going to wrap up soon. Uh, but it should be a cool fight with Superman and the Justice League because you really got to. As the more I read the story, kind of got the feel for this race who kind of looks up to Superman as their savior because they were all children as slaves and Superman freed them all and they're looking to him as their savior to stop this uh, alien race who they share a planet with from enslaving them again. So the story ended up turning out to be a pretty good one. But um, the typical Batman Beyond storylines, starting a new arc with the Justice League Beyond where they're kind of harkening back to an old Batman Beyond episode called Mind Games where there's this group called the the Brain Trust. They're taking in these metahuman kids who show kind of good, like, strong psychic abilities to, like, read minds, to move objects for their minds, stuff like that. And so the issue begins where they uh, incorporated into their group uh, the Green Lantern from uh, the Justice League Beyond because that Green Lantern's a kid. And uh, they introduce the story arc by introducing them into this Brain Trust group where they try to exploit these 
kids with strong psychic abilities. So they're using characters we're familiar with from that episode, which is kind of cool to see. And um, it basically starts off with uh, Batman touring the Fortress of Solitude with Superman getting the information and load down what's going on. And the issue ends with uh, Justice League from Batman Beyond fighting this group, the Brain Trust. And the character, it's pretty much this is going to be more to you if you remember that episode of Mind Games because that was a good episode, a good story. And seeing some characters, the villains from that story back is kind of cool. And seeing them go up against this Justice League this time. But the art in that storyline, I really couldn't get into. It was too cartoony. And the faces were just, made it seem like it was, the art was drawn for like a younger audience where the heads seem like a little bigger than the body. They're just greatly exaggerated or just look too cartoony. So the art was probably, the art was probably the only drawback of the story. And then the final Batman Beyond solo story arc is uh, starting a new one with the villain Shriek, who I always thought was a cool villain from the Batman Beyond TV show. And it's still kind of dealing with Terry in the aftermath of uh, what happened with uh, Dana and her brother behind the Joker bombings of Gotham and how Dana now knows who he is. And he's kind of thinking to himself, how long am I going to do this? I don't want to end up being like uh, Tim and Dick kind of resenting Bruce. And we all know from that Justice League episode epilogue, he does stay Batman for a while, and he does kind of go to that point where he resents Bruce. But it all works out in the end of that episode. But it's just nice seeing Terry kind of questioning himself as far as how long do I want to do this as Batman and just everything that's going on with him at this time. And it also harkens back to an old storyline that I think happened before the New 52 and the relaunch of the Batman Beyond Unlimited title that dealt with Max dealing with this uh, secret like computer society called the Undercloud. I kind of forgot about it, but now it's kind of coming to fruition where they're recruiting her to help her tear down Gotham by destroying, by building this robot that has connections to the metal men from the DC Comics. I guess this is the Batman Beyond take of them, where this organization took in all the different metal elements that uh, the metal men had, and he turned them into this ultimate robot that he wants to destroy Gotham City with. So it didn't really turn into anything that uh, interesting to me. I mean, it's just a typical person wanting to destroy Gotham and to rebuild it. So that story point wasn't that interesting to me. And I just more really want to see where the Batman and Shriek confrontation comes to, because that's how the issue ended, because I think Shriek was a cool villain, and I want to see that fight play out. So uh, overall, another solid issue, but didn't have a lot of the cool moments that the past issues have had, where it harkens back to elements from the animated series that I thought were really awesome. So um, this one I'm going to go ahead and give uh, three movies out of five that we snuck into as kids because we weren't allowed to see them. I think I'm on a, a roll of threes here. I've been getting everything three. <laughs> it's kind of a Batman and Robin, which looking back on it, I might have given it too high as a two, but I'm going to stick with it. I don't want to go back and change, but <laughs> everything's kind of been the good but not great and not horrible sex, uh, sec- section of the rating scale this episode. All right. So um, I actually got Scott Snyder back on the line. Man, this guy's kind of testing the game. I guess we can get his take on Batman Beyond. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Okay. All right, so Mr. Snyder, what do you think about um, Batman Beyond? It's all right, you know. I, um, I always rate my Batman where... Uh, you know, he's younger, of course. And I like to take uh, some elements from, from Terry and insert it into my Batman. Really? Because I don't get that impression at all. Your Bruce Wayne is nothing like Terry. Oh, well, Tim, maybe you should pay a little closer attention to my work. Oh, so you're trying to tell me so how I should read comics now? That. 
Yeah. Because you're obviously not paying attention to my Batman. You don't understand the depths of my Batman. Well, maybe your Batman isn't the best Batman out there, or my Batman. <laughs> oh, well, fine, Tim. Do you want to fight me? Do you want to fight me, Tim? After, yeah. after I got you some Popeye's chicken, this is how you want it to go down. You're right, Tim. You're right. Sorry. Sorry for my attitude, Tim. This is so unexpected from you, Scott. I held you in such high regard, and you're letting me down. In fact, I don't want to, I don't want my opinion of you to grow any less. I'm hanging up this call. Ah, uh, Tim. Ah, uh, Tim. How could you hang up on Scott Snyder? Well, you heard him. He was trying to tell me how I should read comics and how his Batman is the best Batman there is, and how I don't get it. Yeah, but he's an established writer. He wrote a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of people in the literary world, I guess, respect him. Well, he lost one so, of those right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to respect that. Okay, I'll respect his work, but now I don't respect him. Oh, Tim. I'm, gr- I'm getting a new nemesis now. Oh, Scott, fake Scott Snyder? Fake, or fake or bizarro Scott Snyder is becoming my nemesis. Bizarro. <laughs> you know what? It'll actually make, it, make good podcasting, so I'll allow, allow you to hate <laughs> fake Scott Snyder. All right, it's good to have tension on huh? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you you bought him some Popeye's chicken. I don't know why he's so mad at you. He probably just wants more. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, fast food is addicting, right? So Especially good fast food. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the Baconator. <laughs> or that taco, Doritos Taco Bell taco. <laughs> is that good? Have you tried that? I haven't tried it. It doesn't look good oh. to me. Oh, it doesn't look good? No. <laughs> Uh, anyways, <laughs> enough about fast food. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do we have? Justice League number 19. Yeah, what did you think about that? I really like this issue. And this one focused a lot on Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. As it started off with uh, Jason and Alfred in the Batcave kind of debating uh, if they should put up Damien's costume and how it might be too soon and Bruce wouldn't want that. But then as they're talking about it, Alfred starts breaking down. But then... Uh, Jason gets attacked by a mysterious guy, and he, he knocks out Alfred. It kind of reminds me of uh, the first villain from the Nightwing, uh, first 52 story arc, uh, Psycho. I don't think it's him, but his costume kind of looks similar to that. But uh, he goes into the Batcave, and he breaks into like the hall with all of Bruce's costumes. I mean, you see his not just Malone costume in a case. You see his armor costume that he wore in Court of Owls. You see the Tumblr Batmobile in there. So it's a pretty cool uh the panels, seeing all that stuff in there. So he goes into the secret chamber, and he opens up this uh, door. And uh, he's able to get in because the ret- the retinal scan accepted his eyes. So it makes you wonder just who exactly this guy is. And unfortunately, we don't get that reveal in this issue. But curious to see how he gets in here and is able to infiltrate the Batcave, which we know has the highest security probably on the planet. <laughs> but in this uh, door, it has like a cases with the Justice League symbols on there. And he opens the one with Superman, and there's a green glow in there, which is obviously kryptonite. So it's looking like this is Batman's contingency plans against the Justice League that we kind of saw in uh, the Babel storyline in the the Justice League Doom animated movie. So I guess he has those plans here. As you see one for Green Lantern, Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, there's these briefcases with uh, each of their different logos on it. So the guy only looks like he only takes Superman, but we'll see if he takes all of them in future issues. But then uh, the issue... It focuses on Firestorm and the new Adam kind of waiting for the rest of the Justice League to show up in the Watchtower. 
because they were summoned, but they're the only ones there, and they're kind of wondering what's going on. But then we get this other cool sequence where there's this uh, hostage uh, situation going on in, uh, I guess, like, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, the Kandak government, <laughs> uh, where they have these hostages, and they're about to execute one of them. But it turns out the hostages was actually Wonder Woman and Superman in disguise, and they were able to save all the hostages and stop these terrorists, which was a pretty cool sequence. But um, Batman has to confront them about this because they're kind of getting involved in a country where the U.S. wasn't allowed to be on. And so Batman's saying, like, your actions are causing, like, is rep- you represent the League even though you're not here on behalf of the League. But, like, the world's going to see this as kind of like the United States getting involved in something they shouldn't be. So Batman's kind of calling him out on that. And he finally reveals to them that uh, he knows about their relationship and wondering, like, does this have anything to do with that? You've been hanging out with each other, like, more than usual. And then they kind of give their reasons of saying why they're doing all this stuff, that it needs to be done. But uh, Bruce is kind of seeing that uh, – he doesn't want to say that they're going too far, but uh, he's kind of making like they can't keep doing this stuff without – the league's approval, like just doing this on their own, especially when they're together. Because as they says that, uh, he kind of calls them out saying that you're the two most powerful beings on the earth. Uh, people are going to come after you despite like if you represent the, the league or not. So um, the issue ends where I wish it would focus more on the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman confrontation that they were having, but, uh, but didn't it went back to the whole firestorm Adam situation going on. Why is everyone in the watchtower? And it ends with the villain Despero, breaking in and I don't know it, looks, it kind of looked like he had a green lantern ring on but it's not there was a green glow coming out of his ring so I'm wondering if that's the kryptonite ring he had that uh, maybe he was the one involved in the theft in the bat cave I didn't get that impression but it kind of made it look like that that green glow on his hand is significant where it could be something with the kryptonite so I don't know we'll just have to wait for more re- revelations I guess in future issues to see who exactly stole all that stuff but overall, I really like this issue. thought the sequence with Superman and Wonder Woman saving the hostages was cool, and Batman confronting them and calling them out on their relationship was cool. I always love it when Batman interacts with uh, Superman and Wonder Woman because he's usually always right when he has a point. Even though they're the most powerful beings in the world, he's able to stand up to them and prove his point to them. It always makes sense. So. But it continued with this one, so another cool issue. And the backup was uh, Captain Marvel. It's still pretty solid, too. We get Billy Batson trying to accept his role as Captain Marvel. He's trying to get rid of it, but at the same time, they show him the origin of Black Adam, which makes him sympathize sympathize with Black Adam because he had a rough childhood. And when he finds out that he was a kid, too, when he got this power, he thought, oh, maybe I can talk him out of this and stop hurting these people just to get to me and talk to him like kid to kid in sort of a way. But it doesn't work, and the issue ends with Black Adam grabbing him by the mouth, just as Billy Batson without telling him to say the word Shazam, so I think that storyline's supposed to wrap up pretty soon, so it looks like it's coming to a head with the final confrontation with Captain Marvel and Black Adam, so overall a great issue of Justice League excited to see where this new story arc is going to lead, it's probably going to cause some confrontation between the main, the big three of the DC Universe and set up the Trinity War I think this is where all that's heading, so looking forward to see where it all goes so I'll give it uh, 4 out of 5 movies we snuck into as kids that we weren't allowed to see growing up. All right. So so I guess that's it. Yes. Um, anything else you wanted to cover, Tim? Yeah, I just also want to mention, too, that uh, the contest is still going on to win the two copies of the Batman The Dark Knight Returns, parts one and two on Blu-ray. All you have to do is leave an iTunes review 
and then copy that review to an email and send it to contest at the batmanuniverse.net with your contact information and uh, we'll announce the winner on the next episode so uh, just two more weeks to give us an iTunes review to try to win the copies of Batman the Dark Knight Returns part one and two on Blu-ray so so what if uh, Bizarro Scott Snyder emails I'll know it's him and I'll disqualify him automatically oh, okay. I know by the way he'll word certain things <laughs> All right, all right. J- just keep an eye out for it because, you know, the guy hates you. Um, all right, so I guess that's it. Um, you know what? Just follow the Batman Universe. Uh, like the Batman Universe Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Batman Universe. And Twitter handle is at Batman Universe. Um, go to the website, uh, batmanuniverse.net, or thebatmanuniverse.net, or T H E. <laughs> Batman Universe. <laughs> That's how you say it now. T H E Batman Universe. Not it. <laughs> I should just spell it. Uh. Yeah. So T H E B A T M A N U N I V E R S E dot N E T. Period dot N E T. Just in case you thought it was actual, an actual dot, which it is kind of, but well, I can't get more simpler than that. So it's, it's a period. <laughs> um. And yeah, uh, you follow Tim at what's your Twitter handle, Tim? I'm at TimG311. And you can follow Terrence at IOD1974, um, is it? Yep. And um, you can follow Laura, and her Twitter handle is at Bats Don't Kill. Uh, so I guess that's it, right, Tim? And the only other thing, also, too, you can send us any questions or thoughts through oh, an email right. at batfans27 at gmail.com. Let us know who's uh, in the right here. Fake Scott Snyder or me. <laughs> Show your support. Don't let fake Scott Snyder win. And you can find us on iTunes, as well as all the other Batman Universe podcasts on iTunes. And you can uh, rate and review us and them. Uh, and Dustin's on all of them, right, Tim? Every single one, except one. Which one is that? Except, I don't know. <laughs> maybe the commentaries or the specials or... Oh, that's right. That's fat. Why isn't he on <laughs> No, but I, I should really ask him if he wants to be on. I doubt it, but <laughs> I should really ask him. <laughs> I just say, this is what uh, you guys do. I'm canceling it. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Scott Snyder's. What is that? <laughs> this podcast is officially canceled. Um, but yeah, he's on all of them because uh, he has a high mid- midichlorian count. He's... He's a higher midichlorian count than Master Yoda. But not Anakin. We always got to point that out. <laughs> yeah, but not Anakin. Yeah, because Anakin is the chosen one. Yes. Um, you were supposed to join the Sith. I mean, you're supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. How could you get that next up? <laughs> uh, it's a slip of the tongue, Tim. Slip of the tongue. Uh, but anyways, bye, everybody. We'll see you. We'll see you later. Uh, don't miss us. I mean, miss us, but don't miss us that much to the point where you're going to be crying. Because, you know, we'll be back here in two weeks doing this all over again. And uh, maybe Bizarro Scott Snyder will come back. Fake Scott Snyder will come back and uh, irritate Tim and want to fight Tim and stuff like that. And a view uh, that will never die. But I'm ready yep. for him. Yep, Bizarro Scott Snyder and Tim. Uh, so, so bye, everybody. Don't cry. Don't ever cry. Because that's not good for you. I mean, some crying is good for you, but, like, a lot of crying isn't good for you. So, don't cry, everybody. We'll see you later.
。バイバイ。Everything is just bye. Bye bye. Either bye. See ya. That's it. <laughs> See ya. See ya. I gotta balance out your long goodbye, so it works good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you say about the、uh, the the, the song? The song that continues podcast. It's just see everybody. <laughs> But I did change it last episode. I said see you next time.